you may never greet your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Come join us, won't you? <laughs> we broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. That's the place to be, Global Star Radio Network, of course. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. That's BTR. And you can watch us. Normally, you can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube channel, the links to Every audio and video broadcasting venue can be found on our home base on the Internet at HagmanandHagman.com. Folks, tonight we are actually doing some upgrades, which will be evident next week. These upgrades require us to, to uh, actually kind of uh, uh, have no video for uh, a while. And tonight is tonight, one of those nights. And then another night this week. Okay, but the YouTube is still active and it's still up there. Everything's everything's the same. You're just not going to see our we still shiny. have ties on. Yeah, yeah, we do. No pajamas. Honest, honest. We don't know yeah, about Eric. I was going to say Eric. Um, that's a, he's a wild card indeed. Um, but uh, no, seriously. So the upgrades. Look for the visual upgrades coming this uh, next word next week. You're going to see some significant differences. Some really, good, I mean, Eric the Tech is worked is working. I don't know his fingers to the bone. That's for sure. Um, anyway, folks, don't forget we've got two separate websites: one for the show, which is Hagman and Hagman dot com, and the other one for news and information: HagmanReport.com. No, the don't put the t h e. Do not put. Don't, don't, forget about that. No, 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 no. It's HagmanReport.com and Hagman and Hagman dot com for your convenience. HagmanHagman.com, again, show information, show, watch it live, and HagmanReport.com for news and information. And, of course, again, I will post uh, proof of life on my on HomelandSecurityUS.com to bring that back around. I've got a lot, a lot of things to say now that uh, we seem to be really at the moment of truth. 
and I say that without much reservation. I think, <clears throat> folks, I think we're, we're going to be seeing some things take place that uh, over the next several months that we have never seen before in the history of this country. Anyway, if you're wonder, wondering who I am, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigator researcher. And, of course, my son, Joe Hagman, together. We are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. So, And if you wonder what we do, if you're a new listener, well, we dig deep into the topics that the captured mass media won't. They will never do. They direct you to the shiny trinkets of media headlines while we get into the deep well of information. And we got a deep one tonight. Yes, we do. And compliments to Joe on this one. You want to know what's going on in the world around you? Well, more more appropriately, you want to know why we're seeing what we're seeing? What the game plan of the globalist is? Well, you're going to find out tonight in part, that's for sure. Portion is a nice broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones Live. That's WholeTonesLive.com. Have you gone to their website yet to download any of their sample music? I I I play uh, I actually I I do play in the background. I, I'm a classical music kind of guy, and I always have been. Even in my early PI days, I would have classical yeah, music yeah. playing on in the background. And uh, I actually never liked it yeah. until I was older. Yeah, and but but but. But whole tones, what they do is they offer this this uh, very specific frequencies, and and you know frequencies can heal, they can they can energize, they can calm, they can do a lot if they're put together properly. Well, wholetoneslive.com, that's wholetoneslive.com, w h o l e toneslive.com. They do exactly that. You've gotten a lot of emails from satisfied customers, satisfied listeners of whole tone. Fulltoneslive.com, saying, "Man, you know how great is this?" And uh, my productivity has increased and such. And and we've had the we've had the owner of founder of Fulltoneslive.com, Michael Terrell, on our program before, and he's explained how it all works. Now, moving forward tonight, um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who is tuned into us deliberately, <laughs> who's listening thanks, to us. Mark. You know, yeah. Thanks. He was listening to us live. You know, it means a lot. It means a lot to have emails come in and postal mail come in. Just got a wonderful, wonderful uh, postal letter, mail, or letter in the mail from Terry M., an elderly lady. Terry, I'm not going to give any more information out than that. We got an awesome one last week from uh, Gary J. Yeah, Gary J., man. Just an, a tremendous supporter of this program. I mean, absolutely We're loves it. Away. You know, it, it's amazing. It's amazing people like uh, Gary J. from the Pacific Northwest who just listens every night. Thank you. Thank you so much, buddy. I mean, you've really, you've really, it, it's amazing to know that we have such an impact in your life. Scary sometimes, I uh, think. Yeah. But anyway, but, but this letter from, from Terry M., I won't give you her last name out. Uh, she says she's an elderly woman. Well, she's probably a very youthful lady. And uh, uh, thank you so much for your kind words and, and note uh, that, you wrote, that you wrote. Your package is, is on its way. I, I took care of that personally this afternoon. So if you're listening, give it a couple of days and you'll have it. And uh, 
But, but tonight, folks, amid all of the headlines, the dire headlines, the can, can you feel something? Can you feel it in the air? Yes, I, I can. can. And I know you can too. Joe, what we feel what is you, what the, you got? the Bill Clinton <laughs> flying in and out of Erie giving a speech. We feel his heavy <clears throat> presence as he comes and goes campaigning for his wife, uh, who should be campaigning for a cell block instead <laughs> campaigning yeah. for the office of president. Well, you know, as well as Chelsea Clinton coming tomorrow, which is quite a, uh, you know, two-pack punch for this little town we live in. Uh, exactly. Well, you know, JFK stopped here on his campaign trail back in 60... Or, I'm sorry, uh, 60? And Bush, no, 59, I'm you sorry. went to see Bush um, back in the early uh, I never went early to see 2000s. Him. No, I never went to see him. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah, you and Renee went. No, yeah. Renee went. My, my wife went. I don't, I never, actually, no, my wife At and, the, uh, and, uh, and her Stadium. father. Right, no, I never oh, went I to that. No, 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 I did not. Um, I don't go to those kind of events. I really don't. Uh, this was back before. Um, no, I know, I know. Well, back before we started doing the show, when we were still doing the investigative work. Right, right. Uh, I, sw- I could have sworn you you went to that. I thought you did. I guess not. No, um, it, no, not at all. Now, before, that was the last uh, big deal person I remember coming to this town. Well, I, I remember when, um, back in 1979, or is it 79 or, uh, it had to be 79, Teddy Kennedy and Walter Cronkite at our airport. I I, I had business to take care of at, at at the airport near the airport, and happened to be just right there when uh, you know, Edward Kennedy, as a candidate, and Walter Cronkite uh, stepped out of the plane into the hangar. And I, and I I was essentially I was probably fifteen twenty feet from him, listening to that, listening to Kennedy and Cronkite getting up there and and saying what a wonderful guy old Teddy was. And uh, that was, I found that very interesting. And again, it was, it was kind of an accidental, <laughs> accidental uh, meeting. But anyway, um, before you get into your, before we get into the actual topic of tonight's program, which is the globalist aspect of things, I do want to make mention of something here. Um, we had talked briefly uh, last night and then subsequent times. The reach of this program is is, is amazing. Um, one thing I just want to point out, if you haven't read this already, ladies and gentlemen, you need to read something. Dave Hodges is going to be on our show on Thursday. And I spoke with Dave at great length today, earlier today. And um, I don't remember clearing him as a guest. I think you scheduled them. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, But anyway, the we had uh, we had conducted, or where he had made a statement about the really how the, the the Republican committee is conducting themselves with respect to the presidential nominations and the race, and there is a. If you go to the common sense show dot com, he is he's got an article about the GOP proxy leadership responding to his allegations of stealing the nomination from Trump. It, it's um, you'll see it. 
You'll see it on, on the commoncentral.com. And he, he calls it right, you know, the stealing where you see pundits, um, and, you know, these, uh, wannabe journalists calling it, oh, you know, um, chess playing and it, well, Trump's playing checkers and, you know, tactical maneuverings of Ted Cruz are, you know, give him the upper hand as a politician. Yeah. Well, they're already looking to do the same thing that they did in Colorado and other states. Well, Arkansas for one. And, and th- this, okay. Um, just, uh, just because it's illegal doesn't mean it's right. Stalin said this, the people who cast the votes do not decide an election. The people who count the votes do. <clears throat> and the and people that make the rules too, as well. And, and who wins when no one votes? Well, that's a selection or an appointment, not an election. Right. So will we be given an appointment to the Republican, uh, for the Republican, uh, winner of the Republican primary, like we are with the Democratic primary, or will it be a election or a selection from the people and delegates, or will it be an appointment? And, and you might say, well, why does it matter? It's all an illusion anyway. Well, true. However, we still have to, we, we are still playing within this, within this, uh, uh, venue, within this arena. We are still on earth. We are still of this country. Or if you're listening to this in Canada or some other country, you're still part of the West. So this does have an earthly and immediate effect on everyone listening. So, uh, the reason I bring this this up is um, at, at issue, okay, with respect to the recency or the recent uh, uh, column and the recent uh, at, at issue here is we received an email from uh, um, the wife of a uh, of an RNC uh, uh, delegate, pretty high up, but on the state level, okay, and he and he was interviewed on. CNBC and, and other venues. I mean, and and look, I, I his wife is a listener to this program. God bless you. I mean, I really, I really believe that. Um, I mean, I mean, just God bless you. I, and I and I believe that that her husband is playing within the rules, and I believe that her husband is doing what he believes is right. But I, in, in the larger sense, I believe as well that there that there are things going on taking place. The rules are being changed to benefit a certain um, objective ideology, and and that's that's of a, a globalist. And, and I, I look at this and I think, can we be a part of something? And if if, if we were all sitting down having coffee, all right, if we were just all sitting at, sitting at a table. If um, and at, at the, the the senior GOP official named in uh, Dave Hodges' article is Mr. Curly Haugland. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I mean, I'd love to have a coffee with uh, a cup of coffee with him and talk with him. And I'd ask, you know, um, do we see what's really happening here? And and are you in, a, in agreement with it? Because I do believe he believes that, that he's playing by the rules, and I do, I do believe he's playing by the rules. But the people who are making the rules, what what are they up to? And would you agree with the objective? With would you agree with their objectives? And I certainly would listen to his answer, and 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 I certainly would give him the benefit of all doubt, and listen to his answer, as I would with anyone 
But my question is, are we all, those people who are in that position, are they being used without really, look at unwittingly, the, um, I suppose? Look at the, the Planned Parenthood videos and some of the employees that were um, on tape meeting with the Center for Medical Progress. Right. Were they being used, or did it seem that they enjoyed and liked <laughs> what they're doing? I guess there's well, a, there, okay. it, yeah, it goes both ways. Uh, no, I, I understand that, because I, I, I truly believe that we have in this country, um, j- just like we have a police force in this country, or multiple police forces, obviously, and I believe we have people in the police departments, municipal, state, federal, that really believe that they are patriotic Christians, and, and really believe they're doing, you know, what's right. But I also believe that there are people who use those people. And, I mean, we've all, we've all been there. If you've lived to any senior age, I mean, if you lived to be over 50, we've all been in the position when we look back and say, you know something? Boy, I was used. You know, I, man, did I get kind of set up in that situation? And whatever the situation might be, and whether it be work or personal, boy, that person really used me. And and that kind of, when you look back and think, I had I known what I know now at that time, I would have responded differently, done things differently. Um, you know, is is it that case? Is it is it a case of something like that? But but having said all of that, um, Dave Hodges is going to be on Thursday. We're going to be talking about that talking about this and other things because what really is the let's go a few steps up what really is the objective here of the republican national committee what's the objective of the establishment and are do we are we seeing just nothing but one party i believe that's what we are i believe that that there's really no distinction between the, the, the right or the republicans and the democrats at the highest of levels i think that they're all working in conjunction with one another but it, as we go down that chain um, I I truly believe that a lot of good people are being exploited and being used and being marketed. A lot of people with good intentions, and that's kind of what I, what I believe uh, that we're seeing here. So, um, so it's going to be an interesting program on Thursday tonight. Of course, uh, Stan Dale will be on on the third hour, and tomorrow is open lines tomorrow. Uh, first-time callers, we will we will give preference to first-time callers tomorrow. And if you have something on your mind, if you want to talk about anything, there's no topic off limits. Uh, I mean, we're not going to discuss recipes, but you, you know, you never know. Yeah, if you got good, if you have a good one, let us know. <laughs> but anyway, so that's I want to get that out of the way because uh, uh, you know I, I think I think it's interesting to, to to see not just the reach but the uh, uh, the Reactions of, of people, and I was uh, I, I I got an email from someone in Hollywood, actually, in, in a common pretty common name, in Hollywood, so just saying, hey, enjoy your program, uh, God bless, you know, and, and I thought when I when I saw that, when, well, actually, it was to both John and I, when I saw the name, I thought, man, you know, I checked to make sure it was, you know, we we, we checked the IP addresses. I mean, who who knows, but. Uh, but it's interesting to, to see who listens and to see that the, the you know, who's part of the um, the extended family of listeners. But uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool. 
right. Picking so up uh, where we left off it. yesterday. Yes. Two yes. headlines. One, <clears throat> billionaires fund anti-Trump delegate push. Super mm-hmm. PAC mounts state-by-state effort to elect uh, convention delegates who oppose Trump. And two, Cruz Rubio joined forces in Arkansas to block Trump delegates. Now, this was a state that already had a primary that Trump mm-hmm. won yep. uh, with 32.8% of the vote. Cruz had 30.5%, Rubio 24.9%. And Trump left 25, um, I'm sorry, Trump got a majority of delegates. And they go on to say that the Cruz machine just dinged Trump and could cost him as many as 25 delegates after a first inconclusive ballot. Cruz, who finished with uh, 15 out of the available 40 delegates in the primary voting, stands to gain all 16 Trump delegates and the 9 won by Rubio. Right. This again. But, but, well, why it, are we talking? See, Joe, well, let me ask I you. Just, why are we talking? Wait a second, because what you had, what your your is for show prop. You said, look, New Jersey judge ruled that Texas NBC Republicans. News. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. According to Article Two, uh, uh, Section Five. Uh, what is it? Article Two, Section Five, Clause Two of the Constitution? Well, let's look at this. He, he, neither Cruz nor Rubio are appear to be constitutionally eligible for president based on the requirements for a natural-born citizen. So why are we even... What rules don't count anymore, apparently? Okay, this is the headline my dad's talking about. NBC News declares Ted Cruz a naturalized citizen. And, and, a naturalized I, that's, citizen that's wrong, cannot though. serve... But naturalized citizen, I, I think. I think the intent there was. I think it's. I think the, you, you mean the language, the naturalized. Yeah, I. I don't believe that's a correct headline to reflect what the article. Having gone through the article, I don't believe that's what the. Um, this is what we talked about yesterday about the New Jersey case. On Monday, right. NBC News Pete Williams reported on a ballot challenge heard in New Jersey by Administrative Law Judge Jeffrey Mason. Contending that 2016 <laughs> presidential candidate Ted Cruz is not eligible to the office of president because he is not a natural-born citizen, right. as the U.S. Constitution requires. In his article, Williams, an NBC, NBC News veteran, stated of New Jersey ballot challenger and presidential candidate Victor Williams, uh, presumably no relation, he claims Cruz has fraudulently represented himself as a constitutionally qualified uh, candidate for the office of president. He argues that Cruz, who became a naturalized U.S. citizen in 2014, does not meet the Constitution's requirement to be a natural-born citizen. All right. Well, let's let's really let's talk about this because do we we need to understand the Constitution was created, and 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 we know that there is some a murkiness with respect to the definition of a natural-born citizen. We admit to that. We stipulate to that. But why? What was the intent? For example, when the Constitution was written, what was the intent for that 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 natural born citizen? The intent was, was to make sure that we weren't over we weren't taken no captured from within. Exactly. Okay, and, and, and look at this. We have Cruz, um who 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 what, his parents were um Eleanor? Uh okay. I'm I'm just going back here. I'm I'm just all all sorts of uh Okay, Cruz's parents. She, she were, was born in. She was born, or he was in Cuba. Yeah, uh, you can and tell I lost my. He had dual notes. citizenship. Where, where go? Until 2014. Exactly. Exactly. She. I'm sorry. Um, she. Cruz was born in Canada, in Calgary, to a Cuban father. All right. So he was born out of the country to a Cuban father. He wasn't even an American citizen. Now, what about the mother? Supposedly an American. 
can we can we prove it? Well, the burden of proof is on is on Cruz to prove the the citizenship of his mother at the time of Cruz's birth. But yet, some administrative law judge says, oh, "Okay, well, no, he, he's all right. He's cool." You know, J- Judge Jeff Mason. Oh, go figure. This uh, ruled uh, said gave the opinion that a child of a citizen father or a citizen mother is indeed a natural born citizen within the contemplation of the Constitution. Really. That's okay. So, so now we've got a uh, judge, a, a New Jersey judge, interpreting the, <clears throat> the U.S. Constitution. Ah. And I don't, I don't believe Cruz or Rubio are, are eligible based on, <clears throat> excuse me, based on their their um, the lineage as well. And, and also, Obama certainly was never eligible. And we don't even know Obama's <sighs> real name. Distractor. I mean, yeah. You know, oh, it's Arthur, all a distraction. Bertha. And notice, notice the, notice how, okay, n- notice on, and, and, and again, I, I direct you to Free Republic, the bastion of, of, uh, of conservatism on the internet. And look at the post saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it you're doesn't homophobic matter. for bringing this up. Oh, that's right. Oh, it's a bad day for the Bertha Brigade. Really? Racist. Really? So, so what what sections do you want? Uh, so we have got so many constitutional scholars out there. What section do you want to follow? See, See this is this the beauty of it. There is no constitution, not no, for us as not. cattle, as citizens, because the constitution, whether it was or was not set up for the citizens of the American Republic, this country is no longer a a republic. B the constitution no longer is the law of the land. We have the executive branch and their agencies, which rule by executive fiat through executive orders and changes in law by heads of the departments through the Federal Register instead of congressional voting. We have seen now what it is affecting and going to put the final nail in the coffin of our economy and job sector, the TPP, the cashless society is coming. That's right. We have the Pope um, talking about... Uh, new, not new doctrine, I should say, but expansive doctrine to the Roman Catholic Church. Um, came out with six new planks. Divorce or remarried individuals should be welcomed into the church. There should be more equality between sexes. Unmarried couples shacking up are no longer living in sin. Man, if you Sex is the key to human happiness. Wow. Uh, he still defines marriage as existing only between a man and a woman, but he says that we need to acknowledge the same-sex unions, they may not be equated with marriage, but they are important for a child's upbringing. He also recommends respect and tolerance of same-sex romantic relationships. We can get into more of that later. And we will, because this is our spiritual this is the leader destruction. of the world. Yeah, well, uh, the no, he, he, world. yeah, okay, that, thanks for that clarification, because he, a Jesuit, a Jesuit, in, look, understand what the Jesuit uh, doctrine is and the Jesuit distinction is. It's an important distinction to make. Um, and some may say, well, it really... Well, I think people need to understand that the Jesuit control of the Vatican and the Vatican itself uh, at, the, at the highest of, uh, highest levels... And, and I'm not anti-Catholic. Look, That's I, I, the power behind the religious seat. And it has right. been. It is like the shadow government of the U.S. It is a shadow power of the Vatican. Why do you think there's never been a Jesuit Pope before? 
if they're so well respected and in recent times yeah no ever was there ever a Jesuit pope before Francis I don't think so not one why do you think they call the the Jesuits the head Jesuit in, in Vatican City the black pope never been elected pope are we seeing the false prophet the father of the one world religion new age religion of global spirituality theology on tolerance and, and acceptance of diversity bridging the gap between religions you know I think you're right I don't think there was ever a Jesuit pope before nope 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 and, and it really it is important to understand what we're what we're seeing here in in the spiritual arena because everything really is, is spiritual we cannot anymore and I was speaking with uh, Steve Quayle uh, about this I don't know the other day and we were talking and it's getting very it's getting exponentially more difficult to separate in fact we can't anymore at least not with any degree of uh, honesty we cannot separate the biblical prophecy and the spiritual realm from our current headlines we just can't do it we have God, God's divine plan Yep, and we have the satanic elites, spiritual and human hierarchy and plan, which is the globalism that we see. This is an economical, political, and spiritual unification yeah. in yeah. under a global civilization. And everything is everything is a push toward centralization. Centralized control, and it has been there for hundreds of years, for millennia, actually. This what we're seeing, and I said yesterday, and I really believe what we're seeing is really the the completion. This is Babylon 2.0, the completion of Nimrod, or the uh, uh, attempt to to be like gods. Nimrod, Babylon, the Tower of Babel. We're seeing this. uh, That that objective was never, never accomplished. The, God stopped it, and, and then these these globalist Luciferian idiots picked it back up. Yep. The uh, most people don't realize that the ecumenical movement of today is an integral part of a broader one world movement, with the seeds from uh, that were sown during the late 1800s. During that time, there was a growing interest in achieving unity for an alleged purpose of building an earthly utopia. The Masonically inspired organizations and Hermetic Order of Golden Dawn yep. to the Theosophical, uh, Theosophical Society were laying the groundwork for which they hoped would usher in the new world order in the age of Aquarius. They've done this uh, in 1983, Parliament of World Religions. Uh, they had leader, religious leaders from around the world gathered in an unprecedented ecumenical movement in 1893, known as the Parliament of World Religions. It was Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Roman Catholics, Protestants prayed together for 17 days, the largest interfaith leadership conference of his of its kind. In the following decades, two catastrophic world wars were fought, adding to the one world movement's momentum. After World War One, the League of Nations was founded, but after World War Two, the United Nations was not only founded but now a focal point of the globalist. Agenda. Their headquarters were planted on the U.S. shores. The U.N. is really yeah, and and see that's why that's why we talk about the 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 Nazis in 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 this program. 
Um, and that's why Steve Quayle's book, Empire Beneath the Ice, is so critically important. If, if people understand through uh, that through Operation Paperclip and, and initiatives and operations like that, that the Nazi occult Nazi ideology is still in force, and the occult Nazi ideology is merely an extension or, or, or a, a, a duplicate, a copy uh, of what Nimrod was doing, and what using the and, and that's an oversimplification. Admittedly, that that's a very very much oversimplification. But the bottom line here is what we're talking about tonight. Is total global dominance by uh, under a, a one world government, and um, how many have heard of the World Council of Churches? Oh, pick me! <laughs> After World War II, the establishment of World Council Council of Churches in 1948 uh, signaled the resolve of the ecumenical community to work in fuller unity with the church, participating in the struggle for the new just world order. While the efforts of the World Council of Churches have been paramount in bringing some Protestant denominations together. No event would give greater momentum to the ecumenical movement than the Vatican II. See, and and people need to understand as well, the Vatican II, uh, what Vatican II did, what what doctrinally to to, um, advance the socialism and the communism of the day. Now, the, the World Council of Churches has a constitution. Right. And folks, you can find this online. Just search Constitution and Rules of the World Council of Churches or WCC Constitution. And it goes on to say that, uh, it says a lot of things, but the purposes are, uh, as they say, is to serve the one ecumenical movement, incorporating the work of world movements of faith and order, life and work, um, in order to bring about a World Council of Christian Education. Their primary purpose is the fellowship of churches in the World Council of Churches is to call one another to visibly unite to one faith, expressed in worship and common life in Christ through witness and service to the world, and to advance towards that unity in order that the world may believe. And it goes on to say that um, they are going to promote prayer, Forgiveness, reconciliation, and the spirit of mutual accountability with deeper relationships with the human, spiritual, and physical. It goes on to say they will facilitate common witness in each place and support each other in work and mission. They will be the plank of human need, breaking down barriers between people, whether it is religious, uh, cultural, or otherwise. Uh, you know, as you are going through that, I, th- I think that what we as Christians need to really do, and this is my own personal belief, is too much, too many variables are being tossed under the the, the word Christian. Yeah. Okay. Many um, things are called Christian that are far from it. Right. And I would say that over 50% of things claimed to be Christian are not. Right. And that goes for the best of us at times. Now, as you had pointed out, the World Council of Churches, you know, well, who would care about this? Well, everyone should care and be be aware of this worldwide inter-church organization. I mean, after all, it's 
what it's uh, 66 67 68 years old i mean it was found back in in uh, 48 i believe it was and um well it, it's it's a it's a it's an organization that, that's as you had pointed out it's a, attempting to include everyone tolerate everyone almost i mean within it within a wide broad parameter and that's what every every organ, every part of this new world order is trying to do. They're trying to streamline, streamline, um, this this initiative. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think about it. Uh, how easy would it be for the average person, unawares on the street, to be? Um, if somebody tosses out the, the term Christian, the, the descriptive term Christian, oh, I'll sign on to that. Sure, no problem. You know, uh, without thinking that perhaps this doctrinally, it may not be Christian. But so many people are hiding behind that mantra of, of the word Christian, the descriptive term, that it's, we should be paying closer attention to that. Anyway, that's, so we got, we got a lot, a lot of things on the plate tonight. Um, a lot of global <clears throat> globalist information, but again, excuse me, the uh, <clears throat> just the fro- <clears throat> the change in weather up here. The um, it's been so cold. Uh, the, we're all congested. We're all yeah. our noses are running. Yeah, all <clears throat> lungs clogged up with with mucus for the two week old cold I'm working on. <laughs> well, I know everyone. It's like you know, it's like a daycare center up here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but I do want to, I do want to mention that, um, again, the, the citizenship aspect, the natural born citizen clause of the Constitution, before you blow that off as being unimportant, we, I think we should, we must really look at this and ask ourselves, which, if it's part of the Constitution, if it was important enough to be included in the Constitution, which it was. And, and don't we, forget John McCain was right. held under the, "Quote unquote standards of this rule, right? Now, there was a Senate resolution that was passed, not a judge from a state, but a Senate resolution that, that cleared him. All right, um, so th- that was more constitutional than anything else I've seen. I mean, that, certainly that was more constitutional than Obama. And the only reason that came up, Joe, is because of Obama's eligibility that was questioned, which was never resolved." No, Obama spending multi millions of dollars to keep his uh, his records sealed. It's been said by you and uh, right. others that he could not even pass any verify. He's got a social security number from a man in Connecticut, which he says he was born in Hawaii. There is absolutely no reason he should ever have uh, a social security number going back to Connecticut. His name is uncertain. The real name. Well, we have we tracked it to Barry Satoro because college, there's, uh, there's nothing that applications with foreign uh, and the Sabarka, claims on there. Yep, Sabarka that goes to the Sabud organization from his mother in Indonesia. But but really, at, at, at the end of the day, we look at uh, we look at Barry, or we look at Barack Hussein Obama the second. Who is he? We could not. We the trail from from an investigative standpoint Joe and I the trail stops at Barry Satoro I don't believe that he changed his name legally from Barry Satoro now it, it's interesting because criminals and and people identity thieves can pick up kind of in the middle of their life and begin using a name and then suddenly become 
it becomes practice where that's that's their name okay for example um um it's it's not that difficult to do or it wasn't that difficult to do and it hasn't been that difficult to do yeah you might get a credit card in the name of uh uh again i'll go to my go-to name of john smith your name's not john smith but you, you hey what the heck i'm gonna go ahead and sign my name and uh, send this out, and, and maybe it was a, 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 an error, completely an error that you received this, or is meant for someone else. Regardless, of, regardless of the intent, you take on this new persona and you start living it out as if you were. Well, I've seen people do that in the past in my investigative experience. Not not many. I mean, probably well less than a handful. But when you trace it back, well, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not who this guy is. In fact, in fact, one of the cases we worked, I was, I can't remember, Joe, if you were on or not. I ended up taking a picture of the gravestone of, of, of this guy who said he was, I'll just use the word, their name, John Smith, and uh, pulled out his obituary and said, okay, so this is you, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 so this is where you're buried and this is your obituary. Um, whoops, I'm, I'm they, surprised they that, up. that the uh, birther issue for Obama got as much, uh, coverage from the alternative media as it did yeah. in a day and age where you know and remember trump trump was involved in the the birther issue do you remember when he had a press conference it was a sunday he was calling the authenticity of obama's birth certificate into question exactly seven days later yes obama announced that osama bin laden had been killed dumped in the ocean and all was well, and, and it was it was during that time that that um, a member of his uh, the staff, Trump staff, contacted uh, contacted me and asked about the information that we shared with the with Sheriff Arpaio and uh, and others of of that particular investigation, and we did share information there. So, and they we and he so we we knew at that time. That Trump was actually looking into this, legitimately looking into this at that time, and then you're right. A week later, bang! It was it was May first, yeah. an interesting day on the occult calendar. Osama bin Laden declared, you know, killed and buried at sea. And I think it's just as interesting that Donald Trump was the uh, personality, yeah, in the mainstream news holding press conferences talking about this issue I wonder if that's not what really got him on this political push you know, you know the, the cold say. case posse didn't produce much of anything in way of well evidence I mean they've they, they did but they did been working okay. not they've been not going along with the agenda of the illegal immigrations and and sanctuary cities and other things but um, whether they failed to gather the proper information or failed to disclose it, I guess we'll, we'll find out one day. Well, it, it's like yeah, the, uh, yeah. Terry, the Gowdy, uh, Benghazi committee. Yes. You know, you, you think that something, of oh, truth it looks good. Or, yeah. You think that something is truth and, and, uh, accountability will be, uh, kept to be held and, and, nothing comes out of it. Kind of like what the FBI is doing with the email scandal of Hillary Clinton right now. Where are these FBI agents who are quitting because charges have not been brought? You know, uh, that's a good point. 
where's the where's the uprising from the agents? Where is and and I we understand that of course the the FBI is is an agent. You've got you're held to a standard of you don't talk. But if there's enough people, enough agents out there who could come forth and say, "Look, we've got proof of criminal activity," why wouldn't they do that? I and, keep and, hearing on Fox about these FBI agents who are so committed to the truth and to the values and morals of the Constitution that, you know, they're ready to resign in in anger um, because they take this very seriously and they're not going to be swayed by politics. And um, Who's the head of the FBI? Uh, Um, um, What's his name? Uh, uh, Comey. Comey. James Comey meeting with Hillary Clinton this last weekend, end of the last week. What do we hear? We hear crickets. What do we see the FBI doing? Nothing. Petraeus has been captured, sentenced, serving his sentence. Hillary Clinton's running for president. And I like Alex Jones' InfoWars t-shirt, Hillary for Prison 2016. Uh, I wish those were campaign signs all over the country because... Well, maybe we should uh, need print, to understand. Some, print some up. But, but that know, she needs to go through a day in court to, um, for a jury to find whether she's innocent or guilty of committing treason against this country before she takes the seat of the head of the Democratic, uh, contender for the presidential election, this next election that we see coming right around the corner. I mean, how is it possible that she will not have a day in court before she has a day at the voting booth? Or is it intentional? Uh, it's it's intentional, as far as I'm concerned. We're the SWAT teams, you know, those same ones that raid the, the old ladies and the, uh, you know, lemonade stands of young kids. And the um, guitar places for the wood. Yeah, or the raw milk, uh, yeah. Whole Foods. But nope. She laughs at the face of questions about indictments. So, so this will be my, this is my question then, in light of what we just talked about. At what point will the conservatives of America, now I'm not talking about Republican, and I'm not even talking about necessarily Christians only, at what point will the politically conservative of this country what would it take for them to do something if you're an FBI agent? do something. Okay. Let, let's just say, and, and I asked this question of Dave Hodges this morning. Let's just say the Republicans say, okay, well, you know, there's no clear majority of, uh, according to uh, you know, the delegate count and such. So well, we're going to put Romney in or Jeb Bush or, you know, Whoever in as our as the as the nominee, and and they vote on it, and because of the rules, you know, it's all above board, so to speak, or at least consistent with the RNC rules. And <clears throat> that does not reflect the will of the people. So, is that what it will take for the? No, they'll sit back okay. down on the TV. Oh, they'll, they'll be angry. Their instructions. Right. Oh, they'll be angry. You'll yeah. see it on the message boards and comment sections. Might even see a few flags or signs out that you know bumper stickers. Yeah, will we're going to no. burn the register. Will there be you know, protests? Gonna... No. Okay, be- because the default position of, of conservatives 
is not that. Okay, initially, when you when you look at conservatives, it's unlike those of progressive too, Marxists. Too conservative to progress. Well, well, no. I mean, if if, in, if you look at, at things in history, at times in history, when have the conservatives, again, not simply Republicans and not simply Christians, but conservatives by definition, politically or and even so, political and or social conservatives. What is it? What is it going to take for the conservatives to say enough is enough and stand up and, and disobey, be disobedient, and say we're not going to play anymore, or worse, or even better yet, we are going to fight now when their money's do, taken. When is that? When it, I mean, yep. what's the, what's the trigger what's when they have the, nothing left to fight for? When their pensions are gone, or they realize they're gone? Okay. Now, now, hold that thought for a moment. All right, you got uh, listeners. Hold that thought for a moment. <clears throat> I mean, because I just look at the the history, and right? Whether it's the Occupy Wall Street movement, I mean, the most active and disruptive seem to be the anti-Trump movement uh, so far. But you know, that's a, a coordinated effort. People are getting paid by the hour to to, to be disruptive. Isn't it interesting that we see the uh, and and Alex Jones pointed this out. You see the anti-Trump people, and, and regardless of whatever bias you might have or predilection you might have politically, it doesn't. I don't care. Just well, let's just have an intellectual discussion based on pure observation. You look at the anti-Trump people that, that come out and get in the face of those pro-Trump yep. people. They use the tactics of what they are decrying. Trump is. They're using totalitarian, oppressive tactics right. to say that Trump is a totalitarian. They're stopping the ability of free speech, not only yes, they are. other <clears throat> citizens, but of political candidates. Yep. They're offended by chalk. Yes, and, and again, Jones Maybe does that's a great job answer. on this. We should crush up tons of chalk and run around the city streets distributing it like graffiti. There are not Until enough all psychiatrists. That they go. <laughs> you have a shortage on, uh, on counseling, uh, counselors and counseling sessions. But Eric, did you miss that, or was that not funny? Uh-huh. Eric is in, in deep. Uh, he's actually, again, we're focused. If you're just joining us and you see a static image on YouTube, it's not because, well, we can't. You know, it's not because we're still in our PJs, but it's because we are actually upgrading, and you're going to see some upgrades. They're going to be in force next week, and uh, not too much pressure, Eric. Not too much pressure. It's all right. But, uh, you're, you're going to see it. So anyway. Interestingly, too, uh, Paul Ryan came out today and said, count me out for the 2016 White House bid. Who did Maybe, that? Paul Ryan. All right. Uh Paul Ryan. My appointment before uh, meeting the accountant today for taxes, I saw on... I think it was CNN they had up. Paul Ryan was having a press conference where he said he would not be considered a presidential candidate at a contested convention or brokered convention. Yet he filed for he filed his papers to, uh, for the 2016 election back in January. And some might, and and perhaps it's it's accurate. He might some might say, well, that he he kept his options open. He says, I want to put this to rest once and for all. Let me be clear: I do not want, nor will I accept, the nomination of our party. Count me out. He's pulling a Lyndon Johnson for those old enough to remember. Yeah. If nominated, I will not. Uh, uh, whatever that it doesn't matter. But but you get the idea. You know, I I, uh, I watched again for the third time JFK to nine eleven. The three and a half hour. Yes. Yeah. 
and I did miss parts of it, but I, I found s- there were some interesting things about Lyndon Johnson that I came across this last time. Interesting is not interesting. Not word. No, evil. Uh, yeah, the, the amount of his own he said to his uh, mistress, some of the things he said to his mistress. Well, his own advisor said if he wasn't president, he'd be in a psychiatric board. So it's like Hillary's cousin. Yeah. I mean, really, these people are, are evil to the core, and you have to be, to want a world um, where, you know, we're going to get into the, what a global government consists of, what is the foundation of a global government, and, and interestingly enough, um, I found, I came across the old PDF I had on my computer, and I was sharing it with my dad a few hours before the show, and I said, it's, it's titled Our Global Neighborhood by Henry Lamb. I think he's from the UN. Uh, Henry Lamb is, was, a, uh, was a, uh, a very good writer. He wrote for Canada Free Press and World Net Daily and passed away in 2012. Um, he writes this. He says, although, although the difference between world government and global governance has been compared to the difference between rape and date rape, the system of governments, governance described in this report is a new system. There is no historical model for the system proposed or method by which the governed may decide whether or not they wish to be governed by such a system. Global governance is a push toward defined objectives and employs a variety of methods, none of which are governed by an opportunity to vote yes or no for the outcome. They are decisions taken by administrative bodies, appointed delegates, or accredited civil society organizations, ready to implement recommendations published by commissions. Okay. Which is what we're seeing today. Right. And... <clears throat> Excuse me. We we have to. <clears throat> I'll, I'll get that frog out. What we have to do is we have to understand all the working parts to uh, the global, the uh, push toward uh, centralized centralized government and globalism. You've got on the on one side, you've got the economy. Then you've got the health, which is connected to the economy. Why do you think there was such a big push for Obamacare? Yep. Was it because they just want to ruin the economy? No, 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 no. Because you needed that. You needed to take down the health system to make to recreate the health system we have to yep. merge with the the uh, larger globalistic agenda. You've got the environment. Why do you think yeah. um, the Council for Environmental Law, International Council for Environmental Law, is is such a big deal? I C E L. Well, because. Through the economy, through the environment, through all of these different parts, moving parts, will they subjugate us? We're going to talk wow. about this on the, the other hour's side. The gone? Yeah, especially with what you just left off, uh, left off with. There is a fresh news article from the UN starts towards control of world's oceans. This is in their system of global control. We'll be right back on this Hagman and Hagman Report Tuesday edition for hour number two, followed by Stan Dale coming up after our next hour. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. 
exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, Doug Hagman with Joe Hagman, as I like to say, America's premier father-son investigative team. We are the Hagman and Hagman Report. We left off last hour about talking about globalism and, and the rush toward globalism and how things, all things, are working together toward that end. Let me ask everyone a question: Are you prepared for just such an eventuality? Are you are prepared you? to be to not be part? Of the civilization. Well, and there's a lot of a lot of questions out there. How do I get prepared? What's the best? I mean, I would say the vast majority of emails that we get um, are about preparation. What can we do about this? What can we do about that? What can I do personally to help my family? How do we? How do I best get out of the way of what's coming, and so on? Well, with us right now. And, uh, and I'm so sorry. We, uh, just with all the things that happened here in the run up toward tonight's show, in addition to, uh, being out of our element with respect to, uh, making some upgrades for next week and when we roll out our new, uh, um, upgrades. And it's going to be a lot, <laughs> a lot better. Is, is Chance from American Survival Wholesale, who's coming on, who's on with us right now, as a matter of fact. And what we're going to, we're going to have him, I, we asked him, both and I asked him if he would mind coming on, if he wouldn't mind coming on for a little bit, for a few minutes, to talk about specifically preparedness, things that we need to do. Uh, Joe, go, go ahead. Yeah, we have, uh, the owner of American Survival Wholesale.com, Chance, with us. Um, and our apologies, my apology, we were supposed to bring him on last hour, but being the uh, astute radio show host we are, we uh, <laughs> we we kind of forgot about him. Chance, it's great to have you on. Sorry about the uh, confusion, and I'm glad that we got you here. Thanks for uh, not only being a sponsor, but being a brother in Christ to not only us, but to our listeners out there. Blessings, guys. Listen, uh, my dad had a saying. Son, if that's the worst thing that happens today, you're doing good. So no problem, guys. Well, hey, amen I'll to take that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll both take it. Hey, but, 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 you know, folks, uh, American Survival Wholesale, they're, they're more than just a sponsor. They're part of our family, extended family, and they've been with us a long time, or we've been together for a long time. Um, I, we consider them partners because that's really who they are. I mean, uh, it's a veteran-owned, Christian-owned company. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com. But more than anything else, I've watched I've watched American Survival Wholesale actually help so many people, and, and it's just, I, I could not. And, and the, 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 you'll never hear from Chance or the owners of American Survival Wholesale, but, but 
we've asked him to come on tonight to talk a little bit about preparations, about specific items. Chance, I'm going to turn it to you, and um, if you want to start us out with a prayer, let's do that, and um, we'll spend a few minutes talking about the specific preparation. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm going to ask everyone listening to please bow your heads. Father, as two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. Father, we ask that you flood our souls with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess our whole being so utterly, Lord, that our lives may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through us and be so in us. Father, we pray that every soul we come in contact with may feel your presence in our souls. Let them look up and see no longer us, but instead your Son. Father, allow us to shine in your glory as a beacon of light in these approaching dark days. Let us preach without preaching, not by mere words, but by our example. Father, we thank you and give you all the praise for this amazing ministry. Father, we thank you for using Doug and Joe Hagman as your vessels of truth. But Father, last and most important, we give you praise for your Son who shed his blood on my sin and the sin of everyone listening. In these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Chance, we, we, yeah, go ahead. No, it, well, we're, okay, we're I'm just gonna, going I'm, to be, um, I'm going to be quiet now. As, uh, okay. <laughs> as long as you're going to have us, uh, we're, every week uh, we'd like to offer a few uh, free survival tips. So I would ask that um, either you get a pen and paper or at least uh, maybe listen to this again the next day or later on uh, because these are very, very important tips, okay? Number one. A lot of people don't uh, understand how important a survival log is. Folks, it is imperative that you research your own area that you live in, study the plants, some that are edible, mostly which are not, draw pictures in your survival log, as well as the location of those plants. Keep maps, like uh, physical maps of local rivers, streams in your log, uh, by the way, speaking of rivers and streams, never make your shelter near these, as you probably know most insects, including mosquitoes, also congregate there. Now, if you're unsure of an edible plant, there are some tests. First, inspect it. Ensure the plant is not slimy or worm-eaten, and never risk an old or withered plant. Second thing you're going to do is to smell it. So you crush a small portion if it smells like bitter almonds or peaches, throw it away. The third test, if it passes the first two tests, is skin irritation. So squeeze some juice or rub slightly on your skin, preferably under the arm. If you feel any discomfort, rash, or swelling, throw it away. If it passes that test, then go ahead and take a piece of the plant and place it on your lips. Wait 15 seconds. If there's no reaction, put it in the corner of your mouth. Wait 15 seconds. If there's no reaction, put it on the tip of your tongue. 15 seconds, place a small piece under your tongue. And if there's no reaction, go ahead and chew it. 
So just know that in all those cases, if any discomforts felt, you know, like soreness to the throat, irritation, stinging or burning, uh, just discard it. Okay, so that's that's tip number one on the plants and getting to be getting familiar with your own area. And uh, we also want to talk about maps. So as a society, we're accustomed to using like smartphones for navigating from one point to another. Folks, if an EMP occurs, your phone's just going to be an extra unwanted paperweight and you're already full bug out bag. So that being said, learn how to use a physical map. Get to know, you know, this will help you get you to safety and uh, help you familiarize yourself with your terrain. Learn how to use a compass in conjunction with your map. Many of these maps you can get for free. Uh, if you're a AAA member, you can go down to your local AAA office and uh, they're free for the asking. Okay, so those are the two um, free tips we have for you today. We're excited to do this every week, and every week we're going to offer you two more uh, tips, so tune in. All right. So what's the takeaway from this? Because um, I, I guess just taking a step back and looking at this in the larger sense and looking at the spirit of, of, of these tips here, uh, Chance, we're, we're in for not the end of the world, but perhaps the end of a lifestyle that we once enjoyed. You know, the ability to go to the grocery store. So the ability to shop and get fresh food any day of the week. Um, and on and on and on. So what we're, what we're looking at conceptually here, folks, in the larger sense is being able to not just survive but to survive well and thrive in times when when our our whole system is broken so this uh, so i just kind of want to lay out the concept for what we're doing here and it's not just to have food and water for you and your family but if you have the ability to have it for all those who may be in need obviously we're not going to be able to help everyone and, and you know what, Chance? I was talking with Eric, and, and this is a little bit off of the, the subject, Eric the Tech here, but still, it, it has it, this surprised me. Just as you were talking about the subject tonight, Eric said uh, to, to me, and, and without getting into a whole lot of detail, you have to be careful. You know, when you, for example, shooting a deer or eating deer, uh, believe it or not, um, the time of year does have, for example, uh, it makes a difference with respect to the meat. And I'm not talking about whether it's fatty or lean or or whatever. I'm talking about there's there's toxicity in that. So what, what I said that to say this. Even the best of us sometimes, we cannot cover all of the ground and education necessary. So what you're doing is you're helping us and will be helping us consistently adding to our repertoire of knowledge and education that we could use. I mean, this is actual stuff that we could use. When the when the lights go out, or if the lights go out, or if we're caught in a position where we have to survive without help, I mean that's the intent, that's the objective, and that's what you're doing, right? Absolutely, that's that's the goal. To education is key to survival, absolutely key to survival. So the more that you know, the more that you practice and train, the better off you're going to be prepared, not just for yourself, but for in your family, but. For others as well, you mentioned uh, Joe that you know it's not just we're not just preparing for ourselves. It's scripturally based for the widows and the children as well. So we have to 
uh, you remember in the prayer, we, we talked about being beacons of light. You know, we have to lead by example. And so preparing for others uh, will bring probably by the greatest revival of all times in these uh, times coming. Exactly. All right. Now let me stray a little bit. Now, I, I know that your I know that your time is is uh, important, and thank you for your your generous gift of time right now. Uh, for the people listening out there, and this is one question I got today in an email, and I get this question consistently. And I'd like, if you don't mind, I'm gonna. And we didn't talk about this, folks, before the program, but um, this goes for Melinda, who sent this email in, and probably a tens and tens of thousands of Melindas, hundreds of thousands of Melindas out there. Um, she's on a limited budget. She is has just woken up to what's going on, and she's wants to know basically where to start. And we have a lot of emails like that. Where do I start? Hey, just find your program. Understand time is short. So where do I start? Obviously, we can point her in the, in your direction, but so you don't you don't get ten thousand calls by people saying, "Hey, I'm on limited budget. Where do I start?" Well, <laughs> although although I know you, I know you, so you, you'd probably attempt to answer every every one of those questions um, personally. But but for for the people who are just kind of out there on a limited budget. Um, not be able to invest in gold and silver, not able to, you know, invest in a getaway home somewhere. What would you recommend for those people just starting out? What do you buy? Just a one can? Do you go to the grocery store? Do you go yeah. you? You know, what would you do? You know, for folks that, I'll use your expression, have more months than money, um, you know, there are things that you can do locally. Uh, you can go down to your local donut shop, for example, and they give away these uh, food grade buckets. Start picking up some of the and every time you go to the store, you know, pick up some rice, you know, pick up some steel oats, pick up just just start picking up some and uh, get these into vacuum sealed bags or at least freezer. Maybe that's a place to start. Maybe four or five dollars a year. something. Hey James, no, you're cutting out a little bit. Buddy, um, it's kind of hard to hear you. Your every other word's coming in and out, and I don't want people to miss what you're what you're saying to the audience. Um, I don't know if you have a, a different uh, you just phone the or yeah, just, if you just, just the, the antenna, antenna, maybe stand on top of your truck or building. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing a thunderstorm coming through for now, and it's uh, it's a nasty one. But uh, oh, can it's you okay. Hear me a just now? go outside. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> yeah. can actually. <laughs> No, it is better. Can, can you hear me better now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about um, storing uh, food in, in food bags and, and other containers for the long haul. Right. These, these buckets that I'm talking about, they're food grade. That's important, by the way. You can get these free, free of charge at like a, your local donut store. Every time you go shopping, pick up something. Pick up some rice. Pick up some oats. Pick up some beans. That's a start, maybe $5 here, $10 there. Before you know it, you've got two weeks, three weeks, four weeks of, of supplies, of prep. So that is a good place to start. Now, we are, we started a new program uh, for folks that are on a budget and need more of a layaway program. And uh, this is basically how it works. I'll do a free consultation, completely free of charge. We'll set up an appointment. Give us a call. We'll spend the time with you, and we'll discuss your family's needs. So maybe your family is gluten-free. Maybe it's uh, there's a vegetarian issue, maybe uh, dairy allergies. We can put a package together 
for you, three months, six months, nine months, a year, whatever whatever you need. And, uh, you know, on a layaway type program where you can, you know, pay $50 or $100 until the pack is uh, paid for and, and we'll ship at that time. Uh, the consultation is completely free of charge. So uh, okay. I'll go ahead and, uh, if it's okay, I'll go ahead and give you uh, our number to call. Sure. Go ahead. You can reach us at 818-720-0759. I'll repeat that, 818-720-0759, Sunday through Friday. Saturday, we are closed for the Sabbath. Uh, we do accept calls for prayer on Saturday. All right. And you can always go to HagmanHagman.com, click on the link to AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. One last question. Do you have... Do you, um, do you have entry level packages with for a person with no dietary restrictions basically do you have entry level packages of food uh items like a um i don't know like a week supply a three day supply a week supply a month supply we do. For, okay we do we have a seventy two hour supply so a three day food supply under uh under a dollar serving we've got a week supply a thirty day supply ninety you know a six month supply and of course a one year food supply and folks, the one-year food supply—it's under fifty cents a serving, and we're talking GMO-free, MSG-free products. Okay, we—I got to tell you guys, I'm, I get a little frustrated, uh, a little, a little angry, seeing some of these guys out there charging six to seven thousand dollars for one-year, uh, one-year food pack. It's not necessary. Okay, um, fifty cents a serving, based upon uh, three hundred and sixty servings a month—that's what you should expect between 1,500 and 2,000 calories a day. That is a long-term long -term food storage pack, and that's what you should be paying, and no more. Okay. Chance, does your company differentiate itself from other companies as far as servings are concerned, serving sizes, uh, and what you recommend for a person, a man and woman, on a, on a daily uh, regimen? Absolutely. So... So again, we recommend uh, 300 servings per month per person, okay? That's 4,000 servings per year. That's what we recommend. It's also based on calorie count. The minimum calorie count, what you and I, you know, exist on every day is approximately 1,500 to 2,000 calories per day. Anything less than that, folks are going on a diet. Okay. Uh, okay. What about the dif difference between calories from protein? I mean, what about protein? Um, it has to be a balanced approach. So, you know, protein is very important and, um, you know, in your dietary needs, as well as fruits and vegetables, as well as grains, uh, good quality, you know, grains as well. So it, it's a balanced approach. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, I know we kept you longer than we one, should one have. One last question. What's sure. the best deal you got going right now, Chance? Um, whether it's a single pack, a seed pack, a uh, long-term storable food pack, survival gear, what's your best uh, What's your best deal right now? Uh, the program that we just discussed is probably going to be uh, the best bang for the buck. That's going to be your one-year food pack for under $0.50 cents per serving GMO-free food. That's probably going to be the best buy, and we don't see, you know, prices are going up. They're not going down. So 
it's something that, you know, we hope a lot of people take advantage of. And at least give us a call, and we'll spend the time with you to find out what your uh, family's needs are. All right. And they will do that, folks. You give them a call. As Chan said, that they not only take orders for long-term storable food, but prayer requests. Yeah. You want to talk to somebody and and, and fellowship? Um, give Chance a call. Um, I'm into that. And, and Chance, thank you for doing all that you do above and beyond the call of duty for uh, being a sponsor of the show and and uh, selling long-term storable food and survival gear. You do the Bible drives. You do the fellowship and the prayers and. Uh, that's so much more than, than and, any other company. And you know something, the, the, these tips are valuable. So go back and listen to what Chance said. Um, understand the importance tonight of the topic tonight. You're out, plants, toxic, troublesome, or okay, you know. There you go. Chance, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. My pleasure. God bless you both, and uh, thank you all. All right. Thanks, Chance. All right, so that, that's AmericanThrivalWholesale.com. And not just our sponsors, but, but educators, too, as you just heard, educators informing. This is actual, actionable intelligence, actual in, actionable information that you could use if you find yourself, even in, non, in situations of non-peril, you're out in the woods. Well, hey, I do that, you know. I mean, I look at, I mean, I don't really go in the woods, but, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you find walk yourself through, in the woods often anymore? No, no. But for example, you walk through, um, you know, a park. Uh, we've got the nearby uh, Presque Isle. You just don't know what you're looking at. I mean, and I and I often contemplate that. If, if I'm out in the wilderness, like if there's, there's, a problem, there's a problem there to begin with. If I'm in the wilderness, then there's something wrong, okay? Yes. If somebody finds me in the woods... You better, you better. Yeah, he's lost. He's yeah, lost. I'd be lost because uh, I'm a pavement kind of guy. Put me back on the pavement. But anyway, you know, you look at berries and you wonder: are they safe to eat? Would oh you? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up. Uh, you know, there was a at my my grandma's house. Uh, yeah. She had they they planted raspberries and, and blackberries. They used to make jam. And we had a big field next to our house that had all these, had, you know, a big tree we used to climb and all these different types of plants that would grow and the berries that would grow. And, you know, I knew we could eat the, the tree berries and the, and the, the raspberries they grew. But other than that, you know, uh, you just stayed away. Yeah, you, you really. So again, our, our efforts to get everyone on the same page and everyone's safe. Uh, and, and maybe you might be not able to, to, be in the woods or be in an F field if you're impaired or infirmed in some way or housebound, uh, but this could help someone you know. So there you have it. But getting back to our and, topic, uh, and go ahead. with uh, <clears throat> Stan Dale coming up next hour, Dare to, having Dare to Prepare. Yes, with yes. the uh, survival food and uh, survival uh, tools that Chance has at American Survival Wholesale. With those two, you know, if you have a year's worth of storable food. And you got uh, a bug out bag and uh, water filters and Holly's book there to prepare. You will be as long as you're, you know, unmolested. And, 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 you will yes. live much longer than the average person. And then also, don't forget too the the health aspect. And and we like to find the. Of course, I think we found the premier. Uh, not think I know we found the premier health provider uh, provider of nutritional supplements because that's really men stuff out there. My goodness. And of course, healthmasters.com. They've got the best nutritional supplements. I can tell the difference too. If I don't take the multivitamin and the B vitamins and C vitamins, I can tell the difference big time. So, 
So it's a holistic approach. Anyway. Yeah, and you asked so, what the most important part of, of preparation is. And obviously that's the spiritual preparation is by far the, the most important. But uh, pertaining to keeping our, our bodies alive, um, water, then food, is the rule of thumb. Three days without water, you die. Okay, so Three it goes like this. Water, food, food Internet. <laughs> I'll take water, food, my family. <laughs> internet wouldn't be on that list. You, you know, um, a, a listener, Bieta, thank you so much Chuck. Bieta, for, for, for this. Uh, uh, remember, you had said, Joe, Paul Ryan said that he would not be. Right, if, today. If, okay. If let me make running, it clear. Let me make it clear, right? Uh, he w- wouldn't. We wouldn't accept the nomination. Wouldn't run as for president. Well, guess what? Bieta from uh, uh, from our listening audience sends us this Dateline, October eighth, twenty fifteen, Washington D.C. Paul Ryan says he will not be a candidate for House Speaker. Not correct me. Wait, wait, he will not be what? Uh, a candidate for House Speaker. He already is the Speaker of the House. Okay, so just to be clear now, but he's, but he, wait a minute, he told us, he said, no way. Um, you mean he wasn't, he's not going to be a presidential candidate like he said today? He once said that he was not going to be the Speaker of the House? Exactly. Kind of like Obama as a sitting uh, Illinois state senator said he would not run for president with such a short political career and turned around and, huh. and ran for president? Huh. Huh. You mean these people lie? Uh, you mean I can't believe them? No, we can believe them. Huh. We will just be lambs led to the slaughter. But believe them all you want. Yeah. <laughs> we just really. Okay, so it's, um, so is it, does anyone have any... I, I guess, well, that statement was true at the time I made it. Yeah, but we'll, okay, we'll go with that one. This is where lack of accountability comes into play. Who are the people that use these puppets to carry out their agenda? That let I mean, we the people have the ability to hold these representatives accountable. We do, but but, but we're will so we? wrapped up in our internet. We're so wrapped up in our vices. We're so wrapped up in our leisure time and what we want to do with our leisure time. Well, we could care again, less I, once it comes. You you, you uh, cut into my time, you know. Uh, I know. Once you watch a married with children, you know the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's one of my vices. You know, in this series, no, if, like five if, in the morning. If, if an episode, on. you know, I, I will turn it on just to just to, uh, only. Be, and I know I must repent, but I can tell you, and there was some pretty interesting, and I there is some historical value to to watching older programs. If you if you note the progression of the, of, and if you look at it from from a. Um, and I'm not trying to excuse my excuse my behavior at all in any way, shape, or form. But if you look at the television, the progression of the obscenities, and I, I think back to like the '90s or what was it, '92 when uh, NYPD NYPD Blue came on, and that was the first yeah, occasion of nudity. And then you got the yeah, um, that was bad. Yeah, in retrospect, you can see the historical progression of the the decadence that's that was on that's being on cable and they just had this OJ Simpson um a program on uh, FX network or whatever that is um that went through the uh, and, and and i mean the the foul language 
okay? Uh, I, I wrote my entire book without one use of the F word, and that was a murder investigation, believe me, okay? I, I mean, you have to have sensibilities and be sensitive to your your audience, of course. But, uh, you know, I just, you look at this, and, and you, you see the, the progression of decadence, and that's the only way I can describe it, and the acceptance and tolerance of that decadence, when that should not never have been tolerated. It really, we should have we should have really said, no, we're not going to do this. But anyway. Check this out. Yeah. Look, he's coming to town tomorrow. So Ted Cruz is going to be in here. I wonder if he's going to bump into Chelsea. All right. Anyway. Yeah, Ted well, Cruz. Well, what's, what's with this little city all of a sudden gathering all these people? We are a uh, market. We we are a specific market. Uh, I mean, market. we don't even have bands, uh, entertainers, rappers, singers, whatever you want to call it, pop culture. You don't get one person that brings a concert to the city. As I said, the last sitting president to come and campaign was Bush in, in 04, and I think he did that for the sake of Tom Ridge, because this is Tom Ridge's hometown. This city doesn't get any kind of attention. Uh, we've, we used to be the third biggest city in Pennsylvania, and now we're down on that list, down to the fifth or sixth. Yeah. So it's kind of been, you know, it's like Buffalo. It's been gutted of its jobs. It's been uh, turned into a half city, half slum, and it's been ignored. And it's just odd in the same week to see uh, a former president, a presidential candidate, and a soon-to-be inmate's daughter coming to town. Possibly uh, inmate. Anyway. Uh, uh, I just want to remind people that we are uh, we are upgrading for next week. We're, we're making some changes on the studio, which requires us not to have video tonight, but we'll be back with video tomorrow. And then, again, um, it, it looks like we might not have video on Friday. The audio should be clear, clean, crisp, whatever, but... Uh, we're making some changes. So tomorrow night, you're, gonna, you're not going to see any difference. Thursday night, you're not going to see any difference. Uh, just wait until next week, and then you'll see the difference. So um, baby steps. Baby steps, folks. Baby steps. All right. So the, the bottom line here uh, with respect to uh, um, oh, I, 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 message from Greg Jackson, too, um, the author, 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die. Colorado Rig Caucus, should it really surprise us or surprise you that a nation that allows 4,000 babies to be murdered daily also has rigged elections? And even if you don't consider it to be rigged um, or unlawful, if you consider it just unethical in terms of the of the, of the strategy or the plans, or the, even without, you know, antithetical to the spirit, it's... Uh, I mean, he's right. The fact that yeah. they're... Absolutely. People right. would rather, I mean, would vote before protesting the wholesale murder of babies is is just wrong. The fact that we go about our daily lives without giving it a second thought or, you know, it's, it's unfortunate we, we don't. And, and I say we, I'm not talking about people like Coach Dave and people who are on the front lines every day fighting these people. But there are certain things in society we cannot choose to accept or coexist with, and baby murder is one of them. Precisely. We, 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 we have to look at the spiritual component, the fact that we are a nation 
under, I believe, under judgment or should be under judgment, will be yeah. under judgment, regardless of how you want to look at it. Judgment is either upon us or the beginning of it or we're in for it. We're under judgment but have not seen the, I mean, and we won't, I don't know how many people, if any, will be left when the totality of judgment's over. It was said at the, yeah. here the Watchman Conference that, you know, the same-sex marriage is judgment on this country. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in a way, it kind of is, I suppose. But. Yeah, I mean, look at these these temples for Baal going up yeah. around the country and around the world. This is not some, you know, UNESCO, uh, you know, old religious site. This is a abomination in the Bible, a a uh, altar to the devil and sacrifice of of children being re-resurrected in our country, in our cities, for the purpose of shoving the middle finger to God while they say he doesn't exist? Of course. That's part of globalism. Yeah. And Debbie from Cleveland uh, sent an email before the show. Cleveland, Ohio, seemed to be uh, the home of the RNC convention. Um, But... but, uh, uh, just because this this does fit in with what we're talking about tonight, but it also fits in too with uh, the conversation that we're going to have on Thursday. Uh, she writes this: uh, mulling over, mulling this over. Thought it might be worthy enough to forward on to you. As you know, having just met with Biden and Yellen, the renegade in chief. God, I, I love it when people refer to Obama as the renegade in chief. Of course. For those new listeners, Renegade, his secret service code name, Renegade in Chief, is appropriate because Renegade means lawless one. Will you uh, accept Chief of Renegades? No, Renegade in Chief. uh, uh, No, no. Thank you, Debbie, for that. But anyway, the Renegade is now contemplating and has the sights set set on the uh, Secretary General position of the UN. And, and, And and again, this is this is the globalist position. That or the globalist, the the uh, the unit, the umbrella of globalism that I believe will take over, or at least will take over this the, this part of the West. But uh, she writes that you're also aware that just the other day in Colorado, Cruz celebrated a voterless victory, and, and that's equally right. I mean, that's correct. And uh, she writes like, and then this was deliberately done to keep Donald Trump from achieving the 1,237 delegates needed to capture the nomination. Now, you couple this to the fact that Biden is secretly being groomed to ascend to the highest position in the land. And, and, you know, should Hillary be indicted for Benghazi or infamous emails or whatever, what do you have? What do you have when when you take all of these these dots, all of these little seemingly disparate dots, what do you have? Well, you got Secretary General Obama, perhaps? Or perhaps worse, he could enforce some sort of police action, martial law, whatever, to remain remain in office. And think about that. Well, the conservatives might not riot. I see Jeb Bush as being appointed at a contested convention. He did call you know, it in one I, of the first I debates. Really, I really believe that. It. I really believe it's going to be a Bush-Clinton ticket. I, I, I And my wife says, oh, man. Take some medicine. Or something. Do you have any medicine to take? If you do, take it. Maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 what does it matter if if all of the players are are already compromised? 
the establishment of players. If they're all working toward the same ends, does it really matter one over the other? It really, I guess it really doesn't, does it? So it could be. But, but, but think about that. So what would happen? Are we going to see riots because of the RNC? No, I don't believe so. At you least not from the localized, You might see localized issues in Cleveland. They didn't spend $50 million on riot no, gear but, and crowd control. But, but see, where measures. would it come from? Where would it come from, Joe? It would come from the, the Trump supporters at the... Uh, you know, well, do you think so? At the convention, Wait. plus the, the people outside who are expecting this to happen, who come for trouble and or to uh, assert their right to protest freely. I, 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 okay. And then it will, it will um, snowball from there. But I believe that you have, if it you have a lot of people who are saying they're Trump supporters yeah. uh, that, that are not, that maybe Cruz or Sanders supporters or Hillary supporters well, or whatever. Trump supporters that will settle for... No, 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 no. I, I believe that you actually have this, this group or these... It may not be a, a coalesced group. It may, might be little individual initiatives or perhaps loosely organized. But, hey, let's put on the uniform, the, the Trump uniform, and go out and uh, protest, or go out and be violent, and then call, and and then everything will be blamed on, on Trump. Either that, or <laughs> the perception will be, it will be started by the, continue by that because the protests that okay. have turned violent have already been blamed on Trump, even though that these people are the ones gathering against them. They're blaming. They've been blaming and, Trump and, for. And, and my my litmus test or my research, looking at the Facebook with social media, the trends on Twitter and such, is you're right, the blame factor. So here's a prediction. Donald Trump leaves the RNC in handcuffs. Hillary gets the Democratic nomination and Bush gets the Republican nomination. Why handcuffs? What, did, what would he do? Well, the same thing, you know, he it's his fault that there's all this commotion and violence. How about this? He just leaves and just leaves. I mean, I say that because, you know, yesterday you, you mentioned a story. Um, somebody who used to work for Trump or knew Trump was, was threatened with arrest for something that wasn't even illegal and he didn't even have anything to do with. Who was it? Um, well, uh, you had a couple of people, but there, there were a couple of examples. And, I can't remember the guy's uh, name. Well, the one guy's name that you uh, I mean, there were called all... me in the office and, and showed me the article. It was a... a he was going to be uh, arrested for uh, harassing delegates or... Um, oh, uh, well, yeah, that, okay. The, exactly. That was Roger Stone. Yes. And yes. he has not been associated with Trump, according, at least according to Trump and Stone. Stone admitted this, said that he fired Trump several months ago, and Trump said, no, I fired Stone. I mean, there seems to be animosity between the two, yet Stone is equated with Trump. And I think that that you know it's it's that association perceived association. And remember, today perception is reality. When you when you're limited to 140 characters on Twitter, or you're limited to conversations of of you know a, a few sentences, and the average person in the West, whether you live in the UK or the United States or Canada or anywhere, has the abbreviated attention span or the attention span of a gnat. Well, yeah, you're going to have this um, perception becomes reality. And that's what we're seeing. So, but the globalist, the, the, the meat of all of this tonight, it, it, and, and last night and continuing on is we are watching the end game play out. Now, it could be the end of the third quarter. It could be the end of the fourth quarter, but it is, we are in the final half of the game. And I'd like to read a quick scripture, second sure. Psalms. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed, saying, 
Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in sore displeasure. And the uh, where that come from? Second Psalms, okay. and it goes on to say, you know, uh, that he will break them into pieces with a rod of iron and dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. The commentary from Matthew Henry says this: Here we have the very great struggle of the kingdom of Christ and hell and heaven contesting it. The seat of the war is the earth, where Satan has long had a usurped kingdom and exercised dominion in such to such a degree that it has been called the prince of the power of the air, the very air we breathe, and the god of this world we live in. He knows very well, as the Messiah's kingdom rises and gets ground, his falls and loss of ground uh, will be set up certainly. It shall not be set up tamely. The mighty opposition that would that would be given to the Messiah and his kingdom and his holy religion and all the interests of it, one would have expected that so great a blessing to this world would be universally welcomed and embraced. But, it goes on to say, uh, it is quite the contrary. Never were the notions of any sect of philosophers, though ever so absurd, nor the powers of any prince or state, through ever so tyrannical, pressed with so much violence as the doctrine and government of Christ, the sign that was from heaven, the opposition was plainly from hell. And it goes on to say that we are told Christ and his adversary, the devil, we will continue in in this country and in this world to see the people of Christ versus the violent, oppressive tactics of the devil. And as the yep. heathen rage, yep. Yep. the Christians will grow stronger. It will seem as though we were not winning. And I'm paraphrasing a, a huge paragraph here in this sense. It will seem like the the church is losing battle after battle. But it goes on to say here, um, the reason for the stoutness of heart and the defiance is, and the proud daring is the Babel builders and will... And their will continues to persist to their resolution. It is a confined confederate opposition taken together in opposition to the Lord, the Messiah. And they will continue to work against the kingdom of Christ until his throne is established on earth. And that's, I mean, really the beginning of an end of globalism from a spiritual perspective. <clears throat> You're dealing with uh, spiritual powers, both good and evil, that are swaying the carnal and fleshly nature of men or the spiritual nature of men. We must understand that the battle we face is is heavenly, and we are seeing a heavenly battle rage and being waged and it playing out here on earth. We're seeing the, the... And Russ Dizdar talks about this a lot, Tom Horn talks about this, and other luminaries talk about this, and I call them luminaries because uh, they do shed light on what we're what we're seeing. There is this this mechanism of darkness, and of course, we must understand that we are seeing here 
in our lives, in our lifetime, this play out, this this great battle. And, and of course, it's a heavenly battle as well. Uh, before we go any further, I, this is a good time to mention too. If you if you're if you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, and most of us do feel that way. I mean, the majority of people are feeling just overwhelmed by the headlines, unmotivated. If you feel that life is running you instead of you running your life, well, is that when you go out in the back and That's, empty your clip in the back here? Oh no, magazine, no, 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 magazine, not clip magazine. And of course, <laughs> I never sorry. do that. Never do that. Holtones dot com. Holtones Live. Live.com. The owner. Uh, yeah. We've received just tremendous feedback. We continue to receive awesome feedback from not only his appearances on our show as a guest, but also from customers of Whole Tones. They, I have not seen a negative email. I've seen people saying they've they've been able to sleep better. They've had physical healings. I'm not making any of this up. These are emails we have received. We can even put them on the website. Yeah, and, and you, you can experience it. There are scientifically po- proven powers of music therapy with WholeTonesLive.com. And they, they've got a collection of uh, music therapy that can help reduce stress, ease your mind, motivate you, whatever whatever mood that you want to acquire. Um, and this is not new age. Some people say it's new age, it's unproven. Well, okay, then the Bible is unproven because this adheres to biblical doctrine. You can get started today, listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals and that spires and all of this at wholetonesalive.com. You want and, me to catch a verse here? That's okay. because we, And you mentioned we had Michael... Terrell on our show, and um, how we explain how this music was inspired by the music frequencies of King David. Folks, just go to the website and download a free sample at WholeTonesLive.com. Support the Hagman the Hagman Show. Go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTones, W-H-O-L-E, ToneslLive.com, WholeTonesLive.com. All right, so in looking at this from a bird's eye view, from, from really from a, a couple of miles flying distance, looking at what we're what we're seeing here, the, the politics of destruction. That's the only way I could, I could, uh, I, I could, I can consider this. The politics of destruction yeah. is, and somebody had written to us, uh, I'll just, Jim wrote us, uh, earlier today at, uh, in the middle of the day, uh, subject politics. Okay. Here's what he wrote. He said, we should not, be all that concerned with who gets president. God will decide that. We should be making winning souls to Christ our first objective. I don't know. I agree with what that. an intricate is. Well, okay, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Okay, now can we do both? Can we win souls and relate to others? Because what I see taking place among <laughs> within the Christian community, Joe, what I see taking place is this: is this uh, this this absolute frenzy, frenetic. Uh, I don't know. Give me some adjectives out there. Somebody. Well, I would say this: we, we cannot save souls and uh, change people's perceptives politically at the same time. Wait Probably not a good idea. Wait a minute, we can't change. Well, we can't is- save souls and politically uh, try to. Is, saving souls is something separate from the world systems. Well, of okay, control, okay, fine. I guess. Okay. I mean, but, but, it's something I, we can do. Uh, one, you know, back, back, uh, but, but, saving okay. souls, and, and then 
helping people. When you, I get all of that, but folks, we are living in a world where there's the the main topic is is obviously or people are. What what are so people talking about? They're talking about the American presidential election and all of the weird oddities associated with that. So we address that, yes, but we infuse and we we look at it through the the prism of biblical prophecy and scripture, right? Because when we everything's all said and done, you. Jesus is not going to say, "Who did you, uh, you know, how many people did you lead to vote for the right candidate in the 2016 election?" But but he's but but on the other hand, right? I get that, but he's also going to say, "What did you do when you were on earth as a man or as a woman? What did you do? Yeah, what did you do?" To stand up for what is right. What did you do to stand up for those innocent babies? And my question what did to you, you do? Is, would the answer exposing evil be enough? Okay, that's a, that's a start. No, I know, but I, I mean, is it enough? No, no, but it's definitely a start, and it's definitely in the right direction. But 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 see, okay, if you want to if you want to grab a Bible, go into your prayer closet and stay there. Then, if that is what God has allowed you to do, or is that if that's what you believe God instructed you to do, is to take your Bible, go into your prayer closet, and stay there, and and put the uh, blanket underneath the door, and stay there for twenty four seven. I have no problem with that. I've got no problem with that. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let me finish my statement because to me this is this is where Christians, I believe, fall short. I I believe Christian men in this country fall short of what they are supposed to do. We are not supposed to be wimps and roll over and say, well, okay, you know, I mean, uh, Obergefell, it's the law of the land. I I cannot do the voices like like Eric can, but I am to I am saying right now, we are to as Christians, we are to stand up as men of God, as family members as fathers, as husbands, we are to stand up and say, this is wrong, morally and spiritually wrong. This is absolutely wrong. And I will fight to change what is wrong. Not because I'm under the red, white, and blue flag or under the Australian flag. No. Because I am a Christian true Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. It's wrong. Homosexual marriage is wrong. Killing babies is wrong. Killing unborn babies is wrong. And I am to protect my family and to lead others to God at the same time. I am not confined to my prayer closet. And if that is your job, then God bless you. No, I just wanted to say this. How it works in my life, I could go for a month of reading nothing but the Bible. And then for another month, maybe two, I won't want to read the Bible, or the Lord doesn't put the desire in my heart. doesn't mean I don't pray on a daily basis. doesn't mean that, you know, in the mornings I don't enter my prayer closet, uh, so to speak. doesn't mean that that's not always on the forefront of my mind. But the Lord has the time and a place for everything. Now, you, you say, you know, you, it, things are not mutually exclusive. Well, saving souls or leading people to the Lord is not and does not have to be mutually exclusive from the politics of this world. And it's becoming more intertwined to where it is only becoming spirituality. Well, no, I'm saying that there is room. People do need to get in their prayer closets. And if the Lord needs them there for the whole day, then that's what he needs them to do. But usually the Lord puts people in their prayer closets to get the spiritual um, insight and power to 
walk the daily life of faith in carrying out his will. All right. But th- that's fine. But I, I, I look. And I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm saying but that we I have a bunch of wimps out there. People's thoughts out there. Well, you read it on the back of here. We have a bunch of we have we have we a have bunch a, of wimps out there who will ex- use that as an excuse, not as their calling, right? But use that as an excuse. Well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray about it. Well, not okay, an excuse, well, but they they will. Um, uh, we were talking with Rhonda yesterday, and she said it best. I can't remember exactly what she said. We as as Christian people in today's day and age are very. Um, reactive, and maybe I'm I'm uh, merging two th- uh, trains of thought here. Wrote Rhonda said versus what you said. You know, being uh, not reacting. No, I, I said this. But the people, w- the, the, there's a difference between reactions and responses. Right. And we have a very um, fragile Christian people right now. Why the fragility? Why the fragility? Why? Why? Um, because we, we reasons. Well, one of the biggest reasons, in my view, is that we don't have the men with the testicular fortitude, intestinal fortitude out there to stand up and say, "I, I am a God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christian. Here are my values, and you're not going to impose your satanic, Luciferian, progressive." perverted values upon me or my family, I'm not going to have it. If we had more of those Christian men and Christian women, women stand up, it's really the man's job. And, and you're right. Okay. But guess what? Those don't get covered in the news. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, those I don't care don't get what gets covered in the news. Talked about by people on the daily, uh, blogs and, you know, the, the, the cops who, who bring a homeless guy a pair of shoes, the people who are in front of Planned Parenthood, the pastor saving, uh, unborn babies. Those are not. Okay, I, I'd rather, I'd rather be shoulder to shoulder with a guy like Dave Dobbenmeyer out there in the trenches and saying, you know what, you're an evil woman that, that, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, escorting that woman into the Planned Parenthood clinic and how can you live with yourself and, and, and you know, being in their face. I'd much rather be him. And then, of course, administer, ministering uh, to, to the women and others, uh, doing this, doing both, because he does both. So why not do both? But I, I contend to you, right now, right here and right now. And I, and I, and, and you know, it's it's interesting. I, I love the people. I love the emails I get saying well, you should not yell. Well, you know what? Then then change the flipping dial, or you should listen to when we're not on there. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tune in to tune in to somebody who won't yell, folks. We're gonna be right back with Stan Dale from StanDale.com. We're gonna talk about a number of things. There's the new Fukushima radiation release. Go to StanDale.com. Click on show links or show images page. Get an idea of what we're gonna be talking about. Coming up right after this. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. 
exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of this Hagman and Hagman edition on this Tuesday. Uh, we are joined live each and every Tuesday in our third hour by the one and only Mr. Stan Dale. His website is standale.com. Go there and bookmark his site for a whole bunch of great information. you got uh, Holly's Dare to Prepare. you got Cosmic Conspiracy, as well as the latest news and interviews that Stan does and uh, the content that he um, works tirelessly for putting up on his site uh, in the show images page so that he can provide us with graphics for what he's talking about on our show each and every week he comes on. Stan, it's great to have you back on the show. Good to be here, guys. We've lived and survived another week, and taxes are almost over. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. And um, yeah, boy, they, I wonder how many wow, people were. What a mess! Just what a mess um, the system is. I want to hear all the complaints about the Obamacare and the tax stuff. I, I can't wait to to see some of the stories, horror stories from that coming out because uh, you and know there's a lot of people. people Willie, you reckon on their their taxes? Yeah, the people who thought it was free and and they didn't have to pay anything, and then their income tax disappears, and they wonder why. No, a lot of that's coming. You know, Stan, before I bring you on, I just get in a lot of emails. Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. I am not a minister. I am not a pastor. I am a Christian man just trying to do the right thing, okay? Please understand that my terminology occasionally may not be accurate. When I say, you know, I just got an email here, the Lord does not lead us to read the Bible and pray. Okay, I, whatever the terminology, wait, wait, what terminology is. The Lord does not lead us to read down. the Bible and pray? In other words... It's our response to a loving Savior who shed His blood for us, and if we're waiting, if we're waiting to be led, as a you know, passiveness. I'm I'm not looking at this as a criticism. I'm just saying this, and because I'm not going to take away time from Stan, I just want to clarify something, okay? Because of the last hour, it was pretty passionate. My passion is this: I I can't stand weak Christians standing out there saying, "Well, you know." You know, we no. We have to stand up for what is right. What is what 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 the Bible says. This is my personal opinion. It reflects no one else. In and this if I room. thought there was anything that was okay. unbiblical about what you said or the way you said it, I'd be the first one to tell you. Uh, of course you would. But but I'm just saying that we cannot sit back, or we should not, in my view. And I'm going to end it here because I don't want to take any more time away from Stan. We cannot, in my view, uh, just uh, uh, sit back and, and do nothing as Christian men. Christian men should lead. And if I, if I 
if I happen to use the word uh, follow or you know uh, being led to prayer, if I if I misstate something, it's not because of anything other than the fact that I am not a minister or pastor. So don't even think I am. I'm the furthest thing from it, and I certainly wouldn't want to be a minister or pastor only because that job is for the anointed. Really, I mean, it's just, wow. Well, I couldn't imagine being a pastor of of, of a. I just couldn't imagine it. But we barely just, have the fortitude to be radio show hosts. Exactly. And I'm just trying to be obedient. Obedient. That's it. And passionate. If you don't like my passion, then 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 listen to someone else. No, that's all I'm gonna say. So go ahead. Stan, sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut in your time. That's all right. Just, that's all right. You gotta take care of business. Yep, that's uh, fine. Uh, consider it done. All right. So what's on the agenda this week? Well, um, I was talking at the, the well, we were still offline with Joe about this uh, tritium dump they're, they're proposing over at Fukushima. And, you know, tritium, it's a radioactive isotope of hydrogen. It's uh, H3, uh, you know, in the, um, uh, the, um, <laughs> the three is above the H, okay, in the exponent position. Anyway, uh, it takes a little over 12 years for the amount of tritium that you've got in a test case for half of that to disappear and to degrade uh, into, um, you know, helium-3, which, of course, is not so so bad. But um, the, the, the method of taking tritium out of water can be done in the laboratory, but it's very expensive. As I recall, I think it, it may involve uh, a charged um, uh, centrifuge and things like that and spin it out and, you know, because, you know, weight differences. Um, but you can't do that with several hundred tons of water economically. There's the saying at the moment that there's... Um, you know, no risk over there that, that it's not going to get into the drinking water and not to worry. And, you know, I, I hope they don't have another big earthquake, but you know as well as I do that when you have a, a bell ringer, like a you know, Richter 9 some odd that broke the Fukushima radiation plant to start with, that for years after that, you will have aftershocks that come in the same area. Uh, it, it's just the way it works. It splash, and then it uh, goes doom, 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 and splash again, but not as bad as it was before. Probably a Richter seven to eight somewhere, but it's coming. Um, you know, will it? You know, cause the containers they've got to break and let that into the water. If it does, uh, hopefully it will be diluted very rapidly. I'm not sure what the concentration is for humans ingesting fish that have got it in them, but um, uh, however much of it you get, it's going to take 12 years for half of it to disappear, and then another 12 years for half of the half until you're only a quarter of what you took in. So if you live that long, if you've gotten a a fatal dose, uh, you're not going to live. So I don't know that, you know, the situation over there is handled. I mean, you know, they... (laughs) Uh, they're using 300 tons of water to cool the reactors every day, and they're getting stuff out of it. I mean, you know, they're removing some of the radioactive cesium and strontium, but the tritium is is kind of like, almost like part of water itself, uh, hydrogen-3. And uh, it's just very hard, very expensive, and very not cost-effective to try to remove it uh, in quantities like we're talking about. 
thousand of those uh, tanks with the uh, water that's been used to cool the uh, reactor, and uh, you know it, it keeps growing by three hundred uh, tons, and so that's just it's a worry. And if it weren't, if that were the only place, you know, Japan's Fukushima thing were the only place we had to worry about, then okay, maybe there would be a, a workaround. But we've got reactors here in this country, in California, and in various places are sitting on fault lines. The same kind of reactors they've got over there in Japan and Fukushima. And one of these days, we're going to get it. And it's going to spread across this country in the air and the water and with people and animals and everything. So it's just a matter of time. And I, and I, I do worry for, for everyone when that happens. Well, Stan, okay, with respect to Fukushima, my question is really simple. Isn't there one person, one group of people with the intellectual acumen, the, the, the ability to put their heads together and say, okay, this is what we need to do to mitigate the problems at Fukushima? Or are we just just everyone standing around and waiting for someone else to do something? And Or is there just some other reason why we don't care? I, I don't know the backroom play on this. Um, I, I'm only guessing, but... Um, it would certainly be in the United States' best interest to to solve that problem because it's definitely hitting our western coast and our, our air as well. Um, do, do the powers that uh, be, you know, the guys behind the scenes, the Illuminists, do, do they care whether they kill a bunch of us off because they've got their own protected quarters and food and water supply? I don't know. It'd be easy to say, yeah, that's what the plan is, but I don't know. I look at the at the plan as a scientist, and I say, how could we do that? It's such a mammoth project, and there's so many things that can go wrong. Um, you know, the, the practicalities of it are are enormously against us. I mean, it's just uh, uh, imagine trying to clean the Pacific Ocean of, of tritium that got loose in it. I mean, it, it's just an enormous problem. So. Maybe there is a group that can do it. I mean, maybe there's some magic bullet we don't know about, but they're certainly not sharing with us. They do. And Japan, gosh, the poor people living over there, goodness gracious, they, the drinking water, uh, you know, their food and stuff, they've been eating stuff that the, the company that owned the tanks told them, oh, it's safe, you know, you're in a safe area. And the safe, the limit for what was safe has been raised by the company. You know, from what was previously thought to be safe. Oh, well, we'll double that now. It's okay. You're in a safe zone. Uh, <laughs> these poor people well, have got nowhere to go. They're just and, land farmers and stuff. And, and, you know, we talk about this a lot, and, and it, it seems this, the conversation circles back to the fact that maybe there's something else going on that Fukushima, that really doesn't matter. I mean, if, you know, let it go, because it, something else worse is coming. Agenda 30? Agenda 30? Yeah. Let's remove some of the humans there by natural go. attrition? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I, yeah. I can see that happening. Uh, where was I reading something else? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, I may have, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, prime minister, president, whatever he calls himself today, Erdogan over at Turkey, um, he's calling for six million homes in Turkey to be demolished and rebuilt to fit the Agenda 21 thing, or Agenda 30 thing for safety. And, of course, that's to move people into tighter groups and off the land. He's, he's actually standing in front of his people saying it now. And in reality, it's an un, unreal target to um, to get you know, 
million homes rebuilt uh, between now and 2030. So he's, he's become more practical and said, well, we need to do that with 6 million, but we'll, we'll start with 1.2 million homes. We're going to destroy your home and rebuild it somewhere else, put you in the safe zone. And he's just kind of, you know, the test case, I think, for how people are going to react when they do that to us as well. All these nature areas and stuff they've reserved and the government's taken over now, uh, some of those are probably going to be where they relocate people into these, you know, intensive living cities and stuff where you can only go around on a bicycle or something or on foot or on a, a rail car. No cars are allowed and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, you, I mean, it's happening. It is happening right in front of our eyes. I'll tell you what, you're going to like Holly's book if you want to get depressed, but if you want to see what's really happening, the details, who's doing it and what, she's got thousands of footnotes showing where she got these things to prove it. But when you read that book, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes, uh, you know, future cities, uh, medicine, diseases, I mean, there's just tons of stuff in there. It's It's all happening right before our eyes and the news is not playing it up you know not putting it out to the people and that's i'm sure part of somebody stretching up the top that owns the media but oh gosh good go to standale.com and and you know you're the book you're referencing of course dare to prepare but right i mean or am i no 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 she's got a new book coming out she got a new book um and in that it's almost as big as dare Okay. And um, there you use to prepare, uh, but this is telling you absolutely how close uh, the need for it is and, and how, how much time you don't have to get it done. And, uh, you know, I'm, okay. I'm, uh, I've been proofreading it here in the last few uh, days, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, oh, I, I apologize goodness. for that. Yeah, so... I can't wait for the new book to come out, Holly Dale, standale.com. Watch for availability through standale.com. And Stan, if you can, have Holly come on, and, and we'll, she we'll promote her book, sure. and we'll yeah. uh, do a whole oh, show. Oh, I'm sure she will. She'll come on with you guys. She, cool. just, she just doesn't like to do those big, you know, coast-to-coast things with millions of people and call in callers that might give her a stick, you know, so... No, you guys are fine, and uh, I'm sure she'll do that once we've got it uh, being printed. And uh, yeah, I think you'll like the the book cover. I'm doing it uh, in a 3D program at the moment, and it's going to be very, very spec. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's that's great to hear. Knowing you, that it's always it's always a, a first class operation, whether it's the information or the uh, appearance. It's always first class. So we really appreciate that. So, okay, now we're, we're down on video, folks. Okay, but the audio is still good. Um, and, and you can go to show images, go to standale.com, go to show images, and of course there you'll find the show images for tonight's show. And, um, uh, do you, do you want to start in any of these images at all, or yeah. do you want to? Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's go, uh, let's go down the third row first image, which is, uh, EQs, earthquakes, USA last 30 days. Click on that and have a look at this map. Um, these are, uh, Earthquakes at 2.5 or greater. And the reason I did this is to show how bad the Oklahoma City situation is just north of it and around it to the east. Um, by far, this is the most earthquake-happening place on the planet. I mean, it's over 900 this year already. Um, you know, uh, we've got friends that live here. I'm sure you do, too. You know, uh, Bob O'Rourke and, and uh, Stearman and the rest of them all live in that area. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was sitting in Stearman's uh, living room with him and Bob uh, one night here last year, I think it was, and a Richter four hit up the, the road a bit, and uh, we felt it. It was kind of thud, <laughs> and everybody yeah. just stopped talking and looked at each other. Yeah, you mentioned that, I think, last week or, or one of the, the past shows. Well, yeah. uh, the, the, the map you have here, um, an amazing visual for those people who don't, I mean, who really want to get a handle on the uh, uh, the cluster of earthquakes. And am I to, well, are, are you, well, rather than assume anything, what do you attribute this to? Well, well obviously there's been a lot of fracking going on there, and they've been taking the water that they get back out of the, you know, the, the fracking operation, and they dump it back down into other deep wells, which are seeping into fissures, into what's called the uh, east-west lineament, which is like a huge fault line underground that runs from Washington State down to Florida. And it's either side of that, the north uh, east side and the southwest side, they're moving against each other, slowly have been for ever since we've been here in the country. And that's right on the edge of what's called the, the Craton Lip. And that's, uh, I guess, what you would call the, the pillars of, of uh, uh, the continents, you know, the Bible, the pillars of, of Earth. Uh, underneath is this very dense, super dense formation that was there, uh, stretching from underneath what the dirt we sit on and, and kind of slimming down a bit going toward the, uh, the mantle, uh, the depth of the mantle to where it becomes plastic again or, you know, magma. And uh, these cratons, I mean, they're so dense and hard. Uh, they're like um, the kimberlite veins in South Africa and other places where they make diamonds. These are mines that dig down into the craton. Now, the craton has a lip to it. You know, it's, it's not as big as the United States. And the lip is right on the lineament line here, and that's where Oklahoma City is. So I guess we... I don't know what the wisdom is for having to, to do all the fracking on a known area like that that's under stress and on the edge of the craton. But everywhere from Oklahoma City back toward um, Baja and the West Coast is outside the craton, which is not stable. And they're sitting right there fracking on the junction between stable earth and uh, that'd be northeast uh, and unstable earth, which is southwest and west. And I, for the life of me, I don't know if it's just a purely economic decision or uh, an effort to cause the West Coast a lot of trouble and people in obviously Oklahoma City in that area. Anyway, it's a it's an area that I think people should keep an eye on. Uh, uh, yeah. And I've been getting emails from some of your listeners too about Yellowstone talking about earthquakes. Um, Yellowstone, they're saying that they're covering up the uh, actual. Uh, seismic activity and the magnitude of them, and I I can't find it to save myself. I can't find evidence of that. Do you Do you know? Has anybody emailed you about where they're getting that information? Uh, not, not no. I've seen a mention part. of Yellowstone, but I have not seen anything uh, definitive about Yellowstone or any evidence, as you're alluding to, uh, that would suggest something's going on there. To those people that uh, were asking about that, uh, I uh, look sorry I tried to find it, but I couldn't. Stan, what about uh, the sunspot twenty five twenty nine? This humongous sunspot, bigger than the 
planet. Oh, you mean the Earth. coronal hole? Yes, the, I'm sorry. The, yeah, uh, that's on the on the same line. It's uh, the right image, uh, and yeah, if you click on that and have a look at it, uh, that is a humongous, humongous hole in the the coronal atmosphere of the sun. And what it's doing, rather than CMEs, it's bombarding us with a super uh, dense solar wind. And you know, I, I suspect tonight and tomorrow we will be seeing. Uh, magnetic storms on the earth and uh, heavy bombardment over uh, the south atlantic anomaly as well with people in that area will probably be a little bit unhappy if they get some of the rashes and nausea and stuff you get from the uh, bombardment of the rays that get through especially in the ultraviolet uh, sea range but anyway yes this is something to be concerned about that's why i put the link up there um that's the biggest one i've seen uh, and it's we're seeing more of these things not so much a a normal sunspot, like a magnetic field thing, but uh, even though this has magnetic components, uh, this is this is just a super hole. And uh, I I think we're seeing the sun start to do what I was talking about to uh, do a phase state change. It's going to do something it hasn't done before in recorded history, perhaps ever. And this is leading up to the time of the activities that we see in the prophecies of uh, John and Daniel and others about the behavior of the sun. Anyway, uh, it, to the picture to the left of that, there's a um, an animation of a flare to the left of that, which is a, a, a flare that's emitted from a normal set of um, magnetic field sunspot type areas. It's quite a, a beautiful flare to to look at, and uh, but that too is going to just glance us a little bit. It's, it's coming out kind of gives a a um, semi. Uh, halo effect is going to clip the the edge. It's going to clip the Earth, and we'll get some storming uh, uh, from that as well. Anyway, those those are the things to look at with the sun. Keep an eye on uh, you know Noah and uh, Soho and others like that, and you'll see what happens. I'm uh, will be another 28 days before the spot comes around. It'd be interesting to see if it grows any bigger. It, it could be a worry. I mean, you're looking at the the surface of the sun. Uh, the coronal surface, uh, which is hotter than the interior of the sun, get that? It's hotter than the interior of the sun. That's still a mystery to scientists. And that's being um, thinned out by this coronal hole. So what happens when the coronal uh, envelope around the sun disappears? Is that what's about to happen? Is it going to throw off stuff and make a dust cloud between us and the sun? Anyway, uh, it's so, not so a surprise. What would be the consequence of that if that does happen? It would just would it would it result in a cool down, or, or, or I'm I'm trying to figure out what would be the consequence of that. Well, it might cool down, but then again, uh, if we follow biblical prophecy, it's going to heat up. It's going to be so hot when when that happens that you won't be able to be outside. You'll be in the basements or in caves and stuff uh, and underground bunkers to endure the heat. But I think that'll be probably in the last half of the, of the tribulation of the seven-year period. I hope it is anyway for the sake of the people that will be exposed to it. Um, right. And look, I expect it to throw off, you know, large chunks of stuff, just very dense clouds of heavy metals, you know, I forget whether it's copper and iron stuff, but uh, whatever our star has in it, uh, this may be thrown off as particular clouds around it when the... Uh, um, the corona uh, that we see, that, that glowing kind of yellow-reddish glow around it when that winks out. And I also 
also think that it may increase the diameter of the sun, too. I'm not sure how much. But that's just me. I'm just uh, an amateur. I'm not privy to the actual data, really, uh, that's going on, uh, nor am I qualified to tell people, you know, uh, bend over and kiss it goodbye. But um, <laughs> it, it's something that I am concerned about. Now, okay. when when we have a lot of sunspots, the French back in the 70s proved this, we get... Uh, People get very irritable because of the increased ultraviolet that is seeping through divorce rates and crime rates climb. And immunities to diseases amongst humans and animals drops. Uh, you're more susceptible to flus and, and viral infections, which brings us to the second line where we have the Zika threat, the, the Zika virus. Now, um, this is, you know, this is a new thing on our scene over here, and, and Zika is now scarier than they thought before. And, and you'll see there's a, a link to the article under that first picture, that woman talking from the um, from the Center for Disease Control. They're serious enough about it. They're scared enough about it. They're telling people, don't go out and, and get mosquito bit. And to that end, in the next two slides over, next two pictures, um, the one in the middle shows the United States and which states um, are, are seeing um, travelers that have the Zika virus. And this is travelers as opposed to mosquitoes. And the next uh, part over, the next uh, image, is the Zika threat map. Now, there are two types of insects, uh, you know, uh, mosquito types that carry this Zika virus. And when you see this map, you think, goodness gracious, uh, California, Arizona, Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, all the way over to Virginia, they're in deep trouble from both of these sources. Uh, but they stress, when you click on that and look at the picture that I uh, sent there, at the very bottom, the CDC says, these shaded areas on the map do not necessarily mean that there are infected mosquitoes in that area. And that's a, a, an important point to make. Don't panic if you live in those areas because, you know, not all of them are going to be uh, infected, having infected mosquitoes, even though the mosquitoes may be there. But I still think it would be wise to use mosquito repellent and stuff to, um, you know, uh, prevent the, the potential exposure to this stuff. Yeah, um, you know, when we were in Dallas, um, I mean, those mosquitoes down there, those things are huge compared to up here. Texas, what do you expect? <laughs> I was going to say, everything's huge in Texas, right? Yeah. I was just oh, surprised. They were everywhere. Uh, <laughs> they were getting inside the building every day at the hotel. They were all over the place. But they every I didn't see a small one. I saw lots of big, 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 big. Well, well okay, but my question would be, uh, where did the, where did this virus come from? Was it is it man made? Is it? I mean, talk to me. <laughs> mm. well, that is a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I've been looking uh, mainly today at the symptoms of it and you know how to avoid it. But um, uh, let's see, Zika. Um, okay, you very rarely die of Zika. It says here. Um, uh, Okay, if you've been bitten and exposed to it and get over it, which, you know, might be uncomfortable, but you can do it, um, you're now immune to future strikes of that virus by whatever brings it to you. Um, it was first found in 1940, 
1947 in the Zika forest in Uganda. So it spread out of Uganda here. All right. And is there it man-made go. or? <clears throat> well, you know. they they say it was first discovered in the Zika forest. So I, discovery, I would assume, means that they discovered they didn't create it. But that's the official okay. thing. That's the, that's the CDC's official thing on it. I, I don't know, you know, um, <laughs> you know what else to say. I mean, if you get it, you're going to be hurting uh, physically, and you're going to need plenty of rest, and you'll be dehydrate, uh, so you need to drink lots of water and stuff. And you know, aspirin, Tylenol, paracetamol, things like that will reduce your fever and your pain. Sure. Um, and and well, you which, can endure it. Yeah. Well, okay. Now, the, here, here's the investigator in me, the in, investigator side in me, the skeptic side in me, with respect to Zika. O- only, only to look at the big picture. It's interesting because Latin America, especially Venezuela, um, uh, here we have this this threat of microencephalopathy. Small head and babies, newborn babies, microencephalopathy, yep. whatever that word is. Anyway, right. <laughs> it, 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 it's interesting to me that um, you've got this huge this this number of people who are saying, "Help, help me, help me, uh, Zika in Venezuela. I need abortion." And 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 you have ships actually taking um, women in. Uh, out of Africa in the international waters where it's not legal, abortion is not allowed, it's not permissible, you know, giving them abortions. Okay, so the skeptic part of me in this is really, I mean, I'm red flags, bells, whistles are going off, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, is there something wrong here with this picture? Just asking now, you know. Um, okay. Because, you know, the numbers seem to be disproportionate to the cases of small-headed children. Um, anyway, that's just... I'm at, yeah, so I guess, micro, like, microcephaly. Microcephaly. Exactly. Yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting to note, they don't have a, vir- uh, a, a vaccine for this, but since it's not likely to be fatal, just give you a fever, rash, and joint pain, and red swollen eyes, well, that's that's doable. It might take you two or three weeks to get over it or whatever, but um, I, I would think if they created it, which I doubt... That there would have been a, a vaccine in the back back room, but um, I, I just think it'll be uncomfortable. Um, what did Holly and I got bitten here a couple of years ago? Some little mosquito-borne thing, and, and we had the sore joints and malaise. And a couple of weeks later, it was gone. So you just uh, trust the good Lord that uh, you know you'll weather what you need to weather. Right. Right. Just suck it up and do it. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the mosquitoes, they um, uh, they flourish in swampy, humid areas. And we're getting a lot of rain in various places. Uh, but we also, this year in February, we had the hottest, anomalously hot northern hemisphere in 136 years. That, that top row right picture shows you the... The map that shows right down the center of North America and shows most of Russia and, and Europe and uh, yeah, probably a lot of Canada as well, yeah, and Alaska. All those were anomalously hot, and now we've got the the rain at weird periods in weird places. Uh, I'm sure that we'll get steam, and it'll be, you know, uh, uh, breeding grounds for these mosquitoes. Now, they can carry other diseases other than Zika, but, um, you yeah, know, bird flu and various other things so that's 
you know, let's keep an eye on that, too. I mean, our, our seasons are changing. I don't know why we're getting hotter. Um, there's a, a record of it. You click on the the the, um, uh, the thing beneath that, uh, the little text that says read about it. That'll take you over to the page at earthobservatorynasa.gov. And it gives you from 1980 to 2016 the recorded monthly mean global surface temperature of the planet. You know, it's the whole thing. And uh, from about oh, 1980, when it was about 0.4 uh, above the, the, the mean, we're now here to where we are in February to 1.3. So that's nearly, what, uh, 300%, something like that. Well, I guess if you take the 0.4 off of it, it's not that much, but uh, let me just do that here and divide that by 0.4. Yeah, it's uh, 225% greater in 35 years, 36 years. It's a, a constant wavy line going up, if you look at the trend curve on this anomalous heating. When we hit 2 degrees centigrade above the mean, which we're headed for, uh, serious things start to happen in the weather and the climate, uh, serious things. When that happens, uh, if it goes the other way, if you go minus 2 degrees C down from the, the mean, you get an ice age. If you go up two degrees plus, which is where we're headed, um, other bad things happen as far as severe weather. But we, we don't have necessarily, we don't have, um, or do we have data pre-1980? Um, I don't know. Um, uh, it might be uh, unreliable. You know, some okay, of the right. election sources that um, but anyway, this this curve uh, is independent, it looks like to me anyway. Uh, it's independent of the sunspot cycles uh, other than a slight sine wave I see in it here. I'm just trying to see what years those were. Well, let's see, 2016, go back uh, 11 at um, 2005. Mm, yeah, it's not correlating exactly with sunspot activity, but there is a very subtle wavy, you know, sine, sine wave pattern to this increasing heat anomaly. So it's probably related to something directly with the, the sun. Uh, it seems to be pretty regular sinus pattern. So anyway, that, that's that. Now you were talking before we went on the air tonight to Doug and Joe, you know, the tax time is here. It's, we're coming up to deadline. Um, I, I didn't get a warm and fuzzy feeling when I read this article, I've got up in the top row in the middle there about the uh, IRS computers. They're getting hit a million times a day, a million yeah. times a day by malicious attempts, or in other words, hackers trying to get into the IRS and get information and probably destroy the system. And yet, you know, the uh, head of the uh, uh, the Senate Finance Committee uh, was told by this John Koskinen, the commissioner of the IRS there, that, you know, uh, it's a pretty robust system and uh, not to worry. And, uh, you know, I hope he's right. But, you know, a million times a day with the Chinese and whoever else, the North Koreans coming at it, uh, I can see that we're going to have a problem with that one of these days. But I, I guarantee it's probably not going to be that you get a lot of... Um, uh, extra refunds from the tax man, and especially since they're sending a bunch over to Russia at the moment. Guess who would be hacking to get that? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I so wonder, you know, we see they're admitting to these uh, cyber um, 
hacks with the IRS department? How long until they come out and say, well, the Social Security Department has been hacked, or Social Security Administration has been hacked, and there is no funds left as they were gutted from the attack? Uh, How long until we see something like that? Are are we talking about a cyber attack or the... um the House of Representatives and the Senate attacking it to get funds transferred elsewhere for something else they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're exactly right. I mean, um, that's that's that will be the excuse. And we, I just saw an article uh, the other day about this, about the uh, how they plan to, uh, you know, the massive amount of cyber adversity that is being they're facing now in the military and private sector and how they're trying to fortify their defenses as uh, to stop the intrusions from other nations like Russia and China through cyber attacks and there was an article not too uh, in the not too distant past that talked about how the uh, power grid was infiltrated by Iranian hackers and how they had the ability to shut down huge segments of na- the nation's power grid uh, and yeah. had access to do so. I mean, how many of these breaches can we uh, absorb before it hits us hard? Boy, do you, do you ever feel like you're standing on the edge of a cliff about to fall over in a deep valley somewhere? Oh, I fell a long time ago. Okay. I'm just waiting to, hey, uh, to, you for know, the splat. More, more of your uh, readers or listeners have been saying to me about to watch uh, Prince... Uh, Ben Salman, you know uh, the uh, the deputy um, deputy king, or you know he's he second in line to become the the king of, of Saudi Arabia. This uh, young Mohammed bin Salman, um, apparently he's uh, really gained a lot of popular support over there. He's not technically supposed to be allowed to become king, and so his um, cousin or uh, uncle or somebody is a. Uh, uh, it's not a Ben Salman. It's a uh, Ben Naif, I think. Um, and uh, he's about 56 years old, right? And uh, he's supposed to take over from King Salman when he steps down, and he's going to step down pretty soon because he's ill, I'm pretty sure. Now, uh, it's put uh, the, the the son of King Salman, Ben Salman, uh, against, it's pitted him against this Ben Naif guy, uh, he shouldn't have, but the King Solomon has, even though he's done the right thing and, and uh, named uh, Benayef as the crown prince to take over after him, he's given his son, King uh, Prince Solomon, all kinds of power, you know, over the oil industry, uh, over military, the several portfolios he has, which are very powerful portfolios in, in Saudi Arabia. And your, your listeners are writing in saying, you know, you're right, watch this guy, he's gaining real stature there and right now he's you know trotting around talking to various heads of state in the Middle East uh, don't know exactly what he's talking about uh, some of it is about uh, arms production things like that but it, a lot of it's about mutual defense against Iran and ISIS and things like that 70% of the population of Saudi Arabia is under age 30 and 40% of them are unemployed now they're looking to young Ben Salman to pull him out of that. He's young, he's got you know, progressive ideas, and he seems to know what he's doing with the company, you know, the oil company for Australia, for, Australia, for Saudi Arabia. And uh, they would probably back him if he wanted to uh, take over the government when Benayev, his cousin, takes over. Uh, 
like a coup, in other words. And so there's there's trouble brewing there, even though you know uh, you wouldn't think so. They've got it all together, but there's a lot of grassroots objection to Young Ben Salman taking over uh, from the older crowd, not from from the young ones. It's a young young person's world, not only there but everywhere else on the planet. And young people, you know, they don't know enough, and they will make mistakes. And I can see that happening in our election here with who they choose for president. Anyway, well, that's that's young Ben Salmon. Uh, well, you know, and this leads me back to my own intellectual or you know discourse, my my discussion with myself admitting i talked to myself apparently but just trying trying to really ra- reason this out okay uh uh with respect to an antichrist figure or the antichrist in the end uh, I, i'm really looking at this from all different perspectives and maybe i'm hobbled by the west by looking at this from a strictly western perspective but it would be my understanding that the Antichrist would have would be would be charismatic and have a lot of followers and deceive many people and especially deceiving the Christians. So uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, wouldn't this automatically disqualify at this time, at this stage in our our history? Wouldn't that disqualify a Muslim, um, or not necessarily? I, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I know. I've battled with that, too. But uh, whoever he is is going to have to satisfy both Muslim, Christian, and Jewish populations right. of the planet if he's going to make a, a united uh, government. Um, there will be a special set of circumstances that will lead the world to accept a person uh, who will appease them all. And that's why we keep looking back at the Pope over there. He's laying the groundwork for the Antichrist if he's not part of him. Uh, he's laying the groundwork by unifying all the religions of the world into one religion. Yeah, uh, we were exactly. talking about this ecumenical movement. Uh, the Pope, I saw this article today, six things the Pope said today that have shocked the world. Um, one, divorce or remarried individuals should be welcomed into the church. Two, there should be more equality between the sexes. Three, unmarried couples shacking up are no longer living in sin. Four, <laughs> Sex is the key to human happiness. Paraphrasing, of course. No, this is no. I mean, you're paraphrasing. It's shacking up. I don't. I, the Pope did not say shacking up. Okay. He says, "Have uh, Pope Francis begged for tolerance of alternative lifestyles, saying right. Catholics have often been on the defensive, wasting pastoral energy on denouncing a decadent world without being proactive in proposing ways to find true happiness." <laughs> then he goes on to say, "Sex is the key to human happiness." Okay. Quoting uh, German philosopher Joseph, uh, I'm sorry, Josef Pipier, passion mixed with love reveals the marvel of which the human heart is capable. In this way, even momentarily, we can feel that life has turned out good and happy. All right. My point. My point was simply he didn't say shocking up. Right. Was, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Okay. And he also <laughs> says that uh, he recommends tolerance for same-sex romantic relationships, although he won't equate them to the level of marriage. He said we should avoid discrimination. Uh, and have a respect for same-sex unions as they are important for a tolerance. child's tolerance. upbringing. Let's tolerate it, Stan. Well, let's let's tolerate everything. I mean, we, you know, we. I always say we. Are, this is uh, our nation does not have a tolerance problem. We have a problem 
Archbishop or, or intolerance. Charles, we have a tolerance problem. Archbishop Charles Chaput once said, "Evil preaches tolerance until it is dominant. Then it there turns into, uh, it, then it tries to silence the good." And there it is. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I don't know how how it's going to come to pass, but I, I think that the people of the world will will leap at the opportunity to have someone rule the planet, you know, and solve the problems and. To, to do that, they're going to have to solve the problem of the Muslim-Christian-Jewish conflict. They're going to have to solve the partitioning issue in Israel. They're going to have to solve the threat of North Korea. They're going to have to solve the threat of Iran. Uh, by the way, uh, Iran is, is complaining because uh, it wants to have its own nuclear detonators, and uh, it wants to do everything it can to break the treaty, and it's saying that we're being unfair because, uh, you know, the United States is supplying Saudi Arabia and other countries with weapons. And they're now using that argument to justify breaking the treaty. But anyway, that's going to have to be fixed. Um, and a lot of other little problems that are probably underneath that. But the threat of nuclear global war is the main issue there. And uh, so who does solve that? Well, he's going to be a champion. And uh, people will overlook a lot of things that are ignorant of what that's really happening. Gosh, I just can't believe we're living in these times, watching it happen almost day by day. Hey, Stan, what do you think of this? Um, Last week, we came across this article out of Fox News, and this is right out of Agenda 21. It says, the UN starts towards new control over the world's oceans. United Nations launched a far-reaching initiative that would give the UN-sponsored authorities sway over biological resources of the high sea, all the waters that lie outside national territories and economic zones, um, as much as 30% of the world world's international waters would be designated as no-go areas um, for biodiversity projects and for the future of ocean development. Um, and obviously the oceans make up the majority of, of the area of our, our planet, but the UN is is uh, looking to to own the oceans. Well, that would be interesting then, because uh, international waters, you know, doesn't count anymore. You could be prosecuted or you know apprehended for something in international waters because the UN has the authority. Then, very interesting. They can control the uh, you know fishing and uh, resources that are the waterways that are used to transport goods and services. It, it would give them total control not only of the waters, but what comes in and out and back and forth and through the water. Correct? You know, Joe, we we see this and we complain about it. We're not against resource management. If Jesus were in charge of the United Nations, we'd trust him to organize the planet. But he's not. The evil in this world is, and that's the problem. What they're suggesting uh, in the hands of a truly benevolent king uh you know, and an all-powerful king like Jesus would be, and will be, uh, that would work. And we would support that, too, to to be uh, good managers of the resources of the planet. And we'd have to pull in our belt, and which he will have us do when the, the uh, tribulation period is over. Uh, so, logically speaking, we know that the things they're proposing for global resource management are good ideas, except they are in the hands of the wrong people. It, yeah, okay. Absolutely are. Uh, we, we've got about three or four dozen 
and that's my estimate. Email is asking, uh, and I better ask, or else we're gonna have a, a revolt here. Stan, you're in Colorado. Thoughts on what happened with the delegate issue? If you have any, I mean, if you have any heavy, uh, you know, thoughts on well, you know, look, um, it seemed to be like a blindside uh, to Trump, but he's had a year to look at what the the Republican Party here had done. Not that I'm happy about it, but they they. Uh, uh, they changed the way they were doing it here about a year ago. And, you know, Trump knew within several months of that uh, that he was going to run for president. And if he'd have done like Cruz, Cruz came over here and started lobbying the um, people that would be in this um, decision-making process in the Republican Party here in Colorado. And he could have done the same thing. Trump could have come in and lobbied him as well. But he didn't do it. And uh, he's only got himself to blame on that. He should have come over and done it. But uh, the, because the, the process of selecting your candidates for your party it varies from state to state so much, he may not have been able to do that. Uh, maybe would have lost access to another state that he needed to lobby as well at a different type of caucus system. Uh, I think it just points out the absurdity of the way we're doing these elections. You know, okay. a, a popular vote would be nice. You know, get get an actual vote for a president of the, the people, and not from representative groups that you know form and power structures that are so far removed from the man in the street that they can screw the vote up any way they want. Anyway, it just yeah, yeah, and a lot of people you know wanted to get your take on it because you're you're right at uh, ground zero of of the action basically, and <clears throat> yeah, and so uh, the the perception is. Is really interesting when when we look at it, and um, yeah, obviously I'm not happy about it, but that's the way it yeah. is. No, okay. If you're well, going to play well, with the big boys, if Trump's going to play with the big boys, he's got to, you know, realize that he's got to take care of situations like this and try to to be ahead of them. Uh, but as I said, maybe he's just got so many of these things that there were scheduling conflicts where he just could not do what he needed to as far as lobbying Colorado. Right. Uh, it, it seems like it's a, the, the 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 state's all different moving target. It's almost um, I mean it does smack of manipulation. Even though I I, I get it that you know this rule change or this this was done in August and um and, and I understand all that, but but the perception is that uh, it was pretty underhanded and uh, and I think we're I think there do you get the feeling that that our response is being that we're being goaded into responding or reacting into like a, um, a civil war kind of you know they're really stoking yeah, us off yeah look there's been nothing but a method uh, to divide us and um, I, in this state you know where they've legalized pot and people are moving in and doing business and stuff in, in the drug trade because of it the, I don't know whether it's tonight or tomorrow, but the, the Sanders is going to absolutely stomp uh, Clinton in this state. Talk about left-wing socialists. And it's got to be people that are smoking dope <laughs> that would support him. Uh, the, this state is not a, a red state. It's a blue state, and it's just getting worse. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's... Well, lawlessness is increasing. The immorality is, and at the root of everything, I guess to to shorten that conversation up, I guess at the root of everything, it's this, it's a, 
it's um, we we are suffering from a, a very serious spiritual ail- ailment and spiritual uh, problems. That's at the root yeah. of, of really everything, right? I mean, we're separating the sheep from the goats. There seem to be more goats than sheep at the moment. Right. Absolutely. Hey, last thing we got about a minute or two. Um, uh, continuing research on the uh, Atlantis thing. Um, I thought I'd share with you one of the things I found about the Minoan artwork, you know, on the San- Santorini, the island, where they thought that was uh, Atlantis. I think they were uh, an outlier, you know, because Plato said that the Atlanteans had influence uh, all the way up into Europe uh, from where Atlantis is was. Uh, but this painting, or this fresco that I've shown here, shows the young men of Santorini practicing bull jumping. And if you look at this, uh, click on it and look at the picture of it, these bulls were ancient bulls with the two horns close together and very long. And that's why I put in the next uh, uh, slide over there, the next uh, box, pictures of what's called an auroch today, A-U-R-O-C-H-S. And they are descended from the the bulls, the cows that you see in the sorry the bulls that you see in the Santorini fresco. Now, if you click in the writing underneath, it'll take you to articles about the fact that they have discovered that about ten thousand years ago, every cow, every bull, every bovine creature on the planet with horns is a descendant of a small tribe of about 80 to 100 cattle in the Jordan, Syria, Israel, Iraq area, which was the middle, they call it the Fertile Crescent, and that was the middle of Atlantis. And if you read Plato, the Atlanteans worshipped the bull, and they had all kinds of ceremonies you know, involving the bull in the palace and all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, we're just getting closer and closer to absolutely, you know, nailing Atlantis. In fact, today I saw one problem with Atlantis about what they call the the Fertile Plain. It's the Fertile Crescent now. It was the Fertile Plain. I've been looking for a flat area that was uh, 330 miles by 220 miles uh, rectangular, and I've been looking for all of them being a fairly close altitude or, or elevation. Couldn't find it until I realized that you can be slanted and have it Stand. flat. Gotta go. I started to, cut, started to cut you off, but we're at the end, buddy. Okay. Thank bye you bye so guys. much. I can't believe it. Wow. We're out of here. See you next Spilt week. more. All right. Bye-bye.